Welcome to episode 6 of Meeting of the Gold Mines. This week we're talking about athletes and activism. So if you don't like black people, want to erase the last 50 years of progress that has been made with gender equality or your idea of ethnic food is Taco Bell, then this episode isn't for you. I know what you're thinking. By the end of this episode we're going to force you to put on a dashiki. None of that. But at least watch Don't Be a Menace in South Central while drinking juice in the hood when you get the chance. Without an education, the only kind of work you're going to get is selling drugs, pimping women, or working security for Eddie Murphy. Miramax Films presents Sean Wayans. It ain't all about the size of the boat. It's the motion in the ocean. Marlon Wayans. What you say about my mama? And Keenan Ivory Wayans. Don't worry, we're still talking basketball. Like how our guy Austin Reeves is leading Team USA to the promised land. Shout out to newly minted Hall of Fame, Paul Gasol. Please excuse if I mispronounce his name. As an AI, Spanish is my third language. These cheap motherfuckers are too cheap to get an actual human to read this shit. But as Dr. Buss used to say to all the thick women in Houston anytime the Lakers played the Rockets. It's showtime, senoritas. Oh, welcome back. This is episode six of Meeting of the Gold Mines. You know me. I am Born Rebel, a.k.a. Zen. You can find me on X or Twitter or Elon's Playhouse at Rebel He Is. But I got my PGM brother with me. He is the coach of the Purple and Gold Mines. KB Brown, what's up, KB? What's up, coach? How you feeling today? Uh, well, you know, just watched Team USA. They almost lost yeah. to Spain due to some messed up uh, <laughs> lineups that I didn't agree with. So well, you know, pissed me off. But we got hey, you know. we got lots of thoughts. We got lots to talk about. Hey, we got lots to talk about. The game just ended a couple hours ago. We are recording this on Sunday the 13th, but before we get into Team USA game, um, we got Tony, not Tony, not the bald mojito, but Tony, <laughs> and that is at Tony. That is T O, two N's, three A's, four Y's. That could be in an Usher song. Tony, what's up, darling? How are you? Welcome back. It's been a few you weeks. Got me. It's been a few weeks since we've had you. For sure, for sure. I'm glad to be back. Good, 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 good. Let's see, what's on my purple and gold mine? Um, I was only up for like 10 minutes of that USA game, and I fell asleep um, for the rest of the playback. But we're here, and we moved. Uh, Hey, it was a a good game. It was a good game. But look, our um, special guest for this week, um, he's a brother I have a lot of uh, respect for. Uh, he's one of the few people that I can actually talk sports and politics with, and we're going to uh, be talking a lot about that today. It is the one and only new Don of the soon-to-be, the new, the, what is it, the Don, the Don Lounge? 
Yeah, the Dawn Lounge. Uh, we come in in October when the season starts. The Dawn uh, Lounge. Night, uh, yeah, once a night, probably on a Sunday night, uh, where we're going to move and groove to some slow sounds and um, talk sports and just talk mostly that. Lakers, but we're going to talk sports and we're just going to have a nice little groove. No arguing, no fighting. Just we see the green, just have green, a calm. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, my oldest daughter did this, so I'm I'm pumping it up. Oh, so dope, that's, man. that's what it is. Man. Hey, and what's on my purple and gold mom? Shout out, shout out, shout out. Keep it in the family. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, what's on my purple all, and gold mine? What's on my purple and gold mine today? Um yeah, Kerr, man. Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Kerr. I, I I feel what the Golden State Warriors feel. Um, and I thought our coach was bad, but I've given him three days, <laughs> three games, and I don't know, man. I don't know. He got to fix it. He got to fix it. We'll get, know, to that. we'll get to there, that. We'll get there. There is an offense. There is an offense across Dub Nation, across Warriors Twitter that they've been trying to implement for the last couple of years, and I'm st- and I'm starting to believe the hype. It is called. The Jim Park offense. So Jim Park, shouting you out, you could do a way better job than Steaker. Like, um, what the fuck was that? But you know what? Shout out to our boy Austin Reeves because, look, late into the game, there was three straight possessions. He got an assist. He got a bucket. And then he got a steal. Real time. We was watching it in real time, uh, KB. Um, you know, he did his thing. So it was just like Austin Reeves was a spark plug. Uh, he might need to be your closer and starter, hint, hint. But um, Tony, uh, you only watched 10 minutes of the game. You was only up for 10 minutes. New Don, what's your thoughts on that game? Okay, so my thoughts on the game was this. So first of all, it's clearly, clearly an issue on the starting lineup. It's just they're not gelling. And I don't know if it's more so like I don't have a problem with like the guys in general. I just don't think it matches. And I think he needs to kind of tweak it a little bit. And I'm not I'm not caping. And I understand this is a Lakers show, but I'm not caping for Austin to start. I don't care. If he starts or not, he's on the team. He's clearly a pivotal player like that whole we wasted a roster spot for him that needs to stop at this point. He's he's proven his weight and salt. And what I just think is he just needs to tweak the lineup. Maybe maybe you put a Ben Carroll instead of a JJJ, even though JJJ is fine. I think he's a fine player. It just seems like his synergy is not there where you might have a better have a Ben Carroll because these teams, these European teams, they got actual bigs. They got actual stretch bigs. So you got to have somebody there that can kind of move and have more of an offensive game. JJJ is a defensive guy. He's not really that big of an offensive player to me. So I, I would have reversed it because uh, Pablo, I think uh, Ben Carroll is a more of an offensive threat, and that's what that's what's churning. Their defense is fine; it's their offense. It just seems like it just drags, and it's like, why is it dragging so much? I, I just didn't get it. I, I, it just Kerr's lineup throughout the throughout the game was just what the heck. <laughs> so, New Don, let me ask you something. I remember mm-hmm. I saw a you quote know, from Kerr. 
I'm sorry, Rebel. I remember I saw a quote from Curse saying something about Paulo maybe playing the five. Is that something you would like to see? Yeah, you can. You could do it. You can definitely do it. Um, and, and maybe their fear is to start him at the five, but I would try it. I, and I wouldn't have done it with Spain. I get why they kind of just played Spain the way they played him. Um, but there was clear cuts. Like, I didn't know why he sat Austin. I know the lead came in, but then he brought him right back out at the end when there was already, there was, what, 10 ahead at that point? Because Austin got him to about, what, six, seven ahead. So once he sat, it got to 10 ahead. It was no point of bringing him back unless you thought they was going to lose the reins, which I didn't think they would have. But it's just one of those things, like, he just needs to get his guys in a little bit quicker. And maybe the speed of it, um the different rules you could tell they're trying to figure out like these, like the goal, the one point, the goaltending, and I think it was Pablo, the ball rolled off and one of the Spain players knocked it off the rim. And Pablo like looked at the ref was like this. And then he realized was like, Oh no, nah, actually y'all could do that. now." <laughs> so it's like, Oh, they're getting used to the rules. They don't, they don't know that they could go get the ball. And then when they started realizing, Oh wait, we could get the ball up there. That's when they started getting more rebounds. They started knocking the ball, and that's when the defense started flowing. It, it's just – it seems like they got to get used to the rules, but that lineup got to be tweaked. I don't know where, but you're not winning gold if you keep handing out these these bad lineups. Somebody's going to catch you slipping one night, and you're going to have a night where you're not shooting well, and it's over. Yeah, and it might be Canada. Uh, KB, we watched this game together. Uh, on our playback, playback.tv backslash PGM fan cave. Join us. KB, what's up? We watched this game. What were your thoughts? Well, anybody who was on playback heard me cuss out Coach Carr like 15 times on, on camera. So I, with me just watching the game, uh, New Don actually pointed out really, really good points. Um, same thing with Tone. They thought about playing Paulo Ub and Carroll at the center they didn't do so i think they wanted like run like one or two sequences and then stopped um i understand that jjj won defensive player of the year but this is european basketball this is also it's fiba so there's a lot of stuff you can do and you can't do so i would have rather if anything we got another center on that bench that was just riding the pine until like four like what seven minutes left walker kessler he's seven foot two you can put JJJ at the four. You put him at the five. Let him bang against all these other bigs that they have and play some solid defense. Have your defense lead to offense because what we were doing was looks like we were more offensively bound than we were defense. And, I mean, I understand that Jalen Brunson went nine for nine, but he was getting burnt on the defensive end. So it's like you can't have that um, going against uh, really, really good guards. Um, Zen, you brought it up first. You said a good point. Going against Canada, they got SGA. He's probably one of the best up and coming up and coming point guards, and should have. A, I don't know if he won Most Improved uh, Player of the Year, but he should have a take a step in winning that. Um, I'm scared that Jalen Brunson is going to get beat by him one on one. Um, and I'm just, I don't know. It's just, I would flip it if anything. Put in, you know what I mean? Give me uh, Edwards. Give me Reeves. You know, put Ingram at the three where he should be and not at the four because he can't play against other bigs that can actually bang. Like he did gain a lot of weight and muscle mass, but you can clearly see he's just not a big. He's he's a he's a wing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I thought the game went pretty good overall, but 
you playing the line with winning and losing like that, I'm glad it's expedition or yeah, it's an expedition game or exhibition game and not an actual real game because we would have lost that game. Wait, holy shit! Wait, Ingram's playing the four. I just now real. I'm looking at the they stat. Put him I'm at like, the four. what? Mm-hmm. See, yep, Kerr. Yeah, fuck it, Kerr. Yep. <laughs> I hey, see what they Jim see. I see what they see, man. I yeah. see what they see. So they I'm have like, a look. This, the starting line that they go about is this: is it's um, it's Jalen Brunson. They got Ant Anthony Edwards at the two. They got Mikhail Bridges at the three. They got Ingram at the four. Then they put JJJ at the center, and that makes zero sense to me. Zero. Yep. They need to move Bridges to the bench, and I think the reason why they don't want to move him to the bench because he wants to play Austin. But the problem is, I think he should move Austin to the one. Let him play full on point guard as the backup point guard. Move, um, move Bridges to the two. Be his two because then you don't you don't lose Bridges is a good defender. He's a good on ball defender, so he's not going to get he's not going to get hunted. And then, yeah, I think you're right. Then move you can move Ingram to the to the three, three. so he can actually create and operate comfortably Shit. without having getting pushed off his off the uh because he he been hitting those um mid-range like he's he's a little derosa nobody like nobody <laughs> can compose or guard yeah. that fadeaway because he's six yeah. nine you just can't yeah it's so you you are right yeah they need to move and see that's just a simple little tweak that he could do but <laughs> let's Curry, see Curry, that, you know Curry stuck in his ways so I was going to go around the room. I think you guys kind of answered one of my questions. I have like okay. two or three questions for you guys. So for one, I was going to say, what is your ideal lineup? So it's not like you guys said Austin at the one. Um, who was the Ant at the two? I'd put either Ant or you can either shift. Like even if you kept Brunson in the starting lineup, you have him pay the shooter role or the creator, like, creator role and let Austin Reeves just feed him an open shot. Because right. my thing is you have shooters on the bench, as in Johnson, Who's just looking to shoot threes and then just guard up if he can, but it just makes zero sense. Okay, Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Um, Bi at the three, Mm -hmm. JJJ at the four. I'd have either JJJ at the four or Paula Bencaro at the five. The reason why is because they're both six ten, but you also want to make sure you keep that height with you. Not just go ahead and substitute it and put JJJ at the five when he wants to do more creating, and he can't do that at the five because he's guarding another big. As you as you've seen today, he was getting beat on the back end because yeah. he had to cover for two people. Because then, they got so much okay. shooting, because they got I'm sorry, because they got so much shooting already in their guard play. Because Austin has been lighting it up, Bronson is lighting it up, Edwards is lighting it up, Ingram is lighting it up from shooting wise. You could literally put two bigs, like literally, you could put two bigs that can't. Sh- JJJ could shoot a little bit, but he could he he could go in Pablo, and then you got Kessler on the back end. It is. It's just Kurt. If Kurt just tweaks it, I I'm not even putting Austin in starting. I would keep Jalen in there. I would put, um, I would keep Edwards. I would just move, um, I would move to Ingram three. to BI to three. Yeah, put Pablo and put JJJ in there and then just okay. roll it out. And that's it. That's all you got to do. Sounds tell good. JJJ Sounds and good. tell take JJJ and, um, uh, Pablo to get it off the rim. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it. Sounds good. Okay, then my one of my second questions was, well, I was going to say you guys kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of teetering on this, if, if we have some Austin bias in the room. You know, I know we're all caping for him. But, hey, give me, okay, give me the question, I got you. Yeah, give me the question, I got you. Well, okay, my other question was actually going to be Kerr or Pop, because I see that Kerr kind of replaced Pop coaching-wise. What is your preference? 
Rebel, you may answer too, you know. It's too early. It's too early to tell. It's <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I would through, say no, Pop went through the entire cycle. He popped went through the entire cycle. The reason why I'm kind of fine with it being Curry is because one, like I said, these are these are expedition, expedition games. So they're like warm-up games for the real game. So if he's already have his starting lineup in there and it's gonna be what we have, we have a problem because it's going to be a problem going against other better teams. So I would say Kerr because he's a lot younger. But Pop, he's a vet. He's he's a vet in this game, so maybe he knows better. I will answer it as like Rebel as uh, is too early to call, but I am two seconds from saying neither. We might need to go to college coaches Man. because it'll be just a different mindset, and they'll. Yeah. I think the I think you had a history of good college coaches coming through. Yeah. That um, and somebody said sent me a message. It was like, um, or somebody hit me up and said they wish Brad Stevens didn't go up Ooh. into the office because Brad Stevens would have been like good that. for the for that. I, like I, I think I, I would like that too. I, I would have liked Brad Stevens, or um, I know they won't do it because the international, but Eme, somebody like Eme. If you're gonna you go, do girl. it, if you're gonna do it, do a young NBA coach or a college coach? That's what I, I was, was going to say, out. John Calipari, because he's used yeah, to dealing okay, with stars. The most notable yeah. one, Calipari. Yeah, one. yeah they. So you could get some, and I think that's after just actually, you should have. I know they went to Pop just to have a, like a stabilization, and I like mm-hmm. Pop. I'm not. I'm not like, oh my god, he's knocking terrible. Him. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not knocking him, and I'm not knocking Kerr. I'm not knocking Kerr. I just think because the tweaks is little. It's a little tiny tweak, and maybe he's just playing around with the lineups because, right. like KB said, it's an expedition. But I don't know. So <laughs> I don't, how much time do early. we have left? We honestly we have three, We got three more games left, and and okay. like I said, they couldn't come soon enough. So I want those to hurry up and go so we can get to the main game because the way that these players are playing is, oh, these are just warm-ups. Like, they're, li- they're not really caring about it because it, it just – that's what I said. If you guys are in the playback with me, you see me, I don't care if it's a, a pregame, it's a preseason game, or it's a real game. I want to play the game the right way 100% of the time. Like, you don't play like it doesn't I said matter. The same thing. I hate when they same. play these international players. They seem a little lackadaisical. They seem to be like they already had it in the bag. I guess they didn't learn from that. Um, what was it, the 018? Um, 04, 018. Okay, mm-hmm. 04, that ended up getting the silver. You can't underestimate those international players, especially nowadays. They're very hip to the game. And I even said it while we're in the playback, um, like you guys alluded to before. Spain's five was giving them work. Like they don't really deal with real ass bigs in the NBA. He was JJJ, JJJ's eyes went wide open when he got that shoulder <laughs> to the chest. Had him warm up and be like, "Oh damn, I'm dealing with a man." Right no, now. yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, they was body checking him. They was body checking him. I was sure. like, oh, "Okay, these Spain ain't playing with y'all. Yeah. Spain actually won this one, and they Not don't got they, they they don't got their big dogs, the uh, Gasol brothers. So they they trying to show out. Oh, they trying man. to they, no, no, yeah, no. You guys are absolutely right. The thing is. Uh, this isn't the best Spain national team that we've seen. So, oh, they got, um, no, it's not. they got a lot of cleaning up. Yeah, they got a lot of cleaning up to do. But look, the next game is what a week from is on the I think the 20th. It's against Germany. So, we'll Sunday. see. Uh, yeah, no, so eight, we'll see. 18th, 18th against Greece, and then um, 18th against Greece, Germany. Yeah, 18th. So oh. Hold on, that's this Thursday, Friday. 
Yeah, whatever the 18th. Thursday. Is. Yeah, I think so. so. No, no, Friday, 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 oh, Friday, 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 Friday. It's Friday and Sunday. 18th and okay, then so Sunday. So yep. Friday and Sunday. They got yep. five days. So Greece they got five and days. Um, Germany. Yeah, mm. so they got four or five days to make the necessary adjustments. So we will see um what Coach Kerr does. But uh but going back to Austin Reeves, he has had if there's ever a person that has had a good summer. Like he's the definition of hot boy summer uh, for 2023. Um, he got his deal. He got it. He got it. He got his new contract. He got a shoe deal. The shoe just sold out. They only limit. They only release uh, 2000. And it was like some Jordans on a Saturday morning. That shit sold out within a minute. Quick. Um, and he even, you know, was a couple months ago. He even, you know, he got the Taylor Swift uh, rub. Uh, just you know, being in a rumor, it wasn't even real. But that's you know, his his uh, star is uh, his star is bright right now. So the thing that I've been uh, vibing on, and uh, you know, our one of our other purple and gold mine brothers, uh, who is in here, uh, Context King. Me and him had an interesting back and forth a few days ago uh, about this. But I want to ask. Austin Reeves or D'Lo, who's the Lakers' third option? Because we know who one and two is. We know one and two. Who's that third option? And I'm just saying, it sounds about white. That's all I'm saying. Bro, it sounds you are about a fool. white. You are a fool. Damn. Okay, I'm just gonna say it first. It it's going to be. I, it's Reeves. It's Reeves. It's Reeves. It's Reeves. And I'll look. If nobody believes me, go watch the playoffs. Up till now, and watch Team USA. When he's on the court, there's just a vibe with him that it just it's it's smooth. It's the same way he doesn't never he never gets too high, never gets too low. He plays the game the same way. That's why it's rich. And New Don, I know, I know you, I know you, I know you cook. I know you're about to cook, but I just want to ask this one question, and especially to the listeners, because I know there's a lot of people that's like, "Come on, Zen, what the fuck? You on your bullshit? It's it's D'Lo." I want to ask you one question to everyone. Listeners, when was the last time anyone has said anything nice about D'Angelo Russell? To me, it's been a while. I haven't, it's been a while. Go ahead, dude. Uh, Who's that? uh, Pat Bev. Pat Bev said something nice to him at the the podcast. But no, uh, (laughs) he's just a purveyor of truth. Yes. So I'm going to look at it this way. The third option will be Austin, but the spark will be D'Lo. Um, D'Lo's dagger three is demoralizing to teams. I've watched – see, I've taken a sabbatical <laughs> for a lot of things, but I still watch basketball and old basketball, especially once we sign guys. And um, looking at D'Lo's three-point package, just just a pull-up shot when it where we're up two or up four or even up 10 and he hits you with a three like that and it just and they call time out those ones are like daggers austin is getting there where he is he is hitting them daggers too and i just think austin will be just the third option because it's just it will naturally fit like kb was saying like he just naturally fits and play make and, and when i say third option meaning they don't always mean points. He may not have the most points. D'Lo might have games where he's just 30, 30, 20, 20, 20, or something like that. 
and Austin is there, but Austin have a clean stat line of like 15, 10, and 6. Like so a clean, like efficient stat line. You're going to consistently say like, yo, his, his game is so clean and efficient. It's like, okay. And him and Bron play off each other real nice. Um, but I think, I, I think Austin is the is the third option, and D'Lo is like the close fourth option, like killer. If you need somebody, hey, we need a three right here. Okay, you put it in D'Lo hand and just ice that thing, and then he he just does it. It's I can't wait, man. It's a good season, man. It feels good. KB, okay. Where you at on this? Oof. Okay, KB. Nick, oh, go, 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 go to Tony because I, I, I took, I, I talked first. So go ahead, go ahead Tony. No pressure, ladies first. I appreciate y'all. So, okay, so, whew, as far as usage, ball in hands, I'm probably gonna go Austin for sure. Playmaking wise, I really like this kid. High IQ, not a selfish player at all. He's definitely the type to make the right play, but. Because I'm a bit of a contrarian. I like to ruffle some feathers and shake the table a little bit. I might go Torian Prince or Gabe Vincent as far as the third option. And I'm going in the scoring category, especially the way, like I said, including Austin, LeBron, the way those two like to play. You know what I'm saying? If you're open, I can guarantee that shot. I'm going to kick it out to you. And I feel like you're going to hit it, especially TP-wise. Going to what Nudon said, I think TP is going to have a lot of those quiet games at 15, maybe four assists, maybe a little bit low, but as far as points wise, I, like I said, hitting his three, maybe a couple of big defensive plays and some decent rebounding. I think we're sleep a little bit on that Torian Prince addition. So that's the only reason why I'll give him the third option nod. Again, I understand the El Jefe's, the captain of the ships, we're going in order, Braun, AD Austin, but as far as scoring, as far as, you know, um, again, it's going to be that, that sleeper, that dark horse. I'm going to go probably TP Gabe Vincent might be like my fourth or fifth option. I like that with the TB option right there. Um, Cause I think we, you are right. I think we're, I, I don't know if we're sleep, but we're just sleep on his offense. I think we're more so like looking at him as like, he's going to come in and play defense. He's, we're going to put him on there best defender in them crunch moments and he's going to shut it down same kind of same with van i think nobody's like oh van's going to light it up like okay if you get that corner three going cool but we're going to need you on defense so you are right he is he was one of the uh high um efficiency three-point shooter especially in the corner three so yeah torrent prince might you might be right on that one that's a take there you got to post that take Right there. <laughs> Might get mobbed. Go ahead, KB. Ah, well, for ruffling feathers, this new season that's coming up, um, I don't know if anybody's been watching AD and his workout plans, but he does not look the same as he did last year. He's a lot slimmer. He toned up, and he worked a lot on his core. This is the way it's going to go for me. AD will be the first option. LeBron will be the second option. And then it's going to be Austin Reeves. The fourth option to me, if I if I can predict this the right way, it won't be TP. It's going to be Gabe Vincent, and then you have TP behind him. The reason why is because I don't see uh, D'Lo closing the games. I see it being primarily going to be Austin creating the, the shot for people to be open for them to shoot it. TP and Gabe Vincent are going to have those shots all day long. I honestly believe that's how it's going to go. I think we're going to close the games with Torian Prince 
and with Gabe Vincent being in there with Austin Reeves. Because all Austin Reeves has to go is go to the middle, kick it out to the corner, Gabe Vincent's there, shot. Same thing with TP, LeBron James. Literally all I want LeBron James doing this year, and I think this is what the coaches have wants him to do as well, just cut. Cut to the, he's one of the best cutters in the NBA. I think there's like a little there's a uh, percentage on that. He's one of the best cutters in the NBA, and that's all I'm pretty sure they want him to do. They don't want him gassing himself out when fourth quarter comes. He can't do anything or just doing a uh, – what was that, Zen? I think it's Zen's favorite word, a la fuck you three. So literally, like, I'm too tired to do anything, so I'm just going to chuck up a three. So like, I don't think we're going to want that to happen. So that's oh, how I think it's going to go. fuck you three. Yep, go ahead, Zen. Finish it uh, off, man. fuck off that's, three. That's what I think. It's the, first, it was the – First, it was the LaFuck you three. Then the second one was the LaFuck off three. And then that last three was the LaFuck it three. So they're all different shots. Some of them is the, the fadeaway. Some of them is the one right in the, um, you know, center, um, middle of Rebel, the Rebel, I got to push back a little bit, man. That fadeaway be hitting. I don't know what happened last year with the right foot injury. That fadeaway, that turnaround jumper be hitting, bro. You know, you the fact that you can say that shit with a straight face. I hope for everyone <laughs> that um for everyone that's not listening to this on YouTube, uh on Spotify, Pandora, uh iHeartRadio, we're also on uh Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. For everyone that's uh please like and subscribe. I encourage you to hop over on YouTube and look how this woman said that shit with a straight face. Um, please. Yeah. So that's the perfect plug. I Look, I, I need LeBron to take less threes. If he's feeling it and it's a heat check time. Cool. But, but you know, it's never been his strong suit. You know, he's been decent. He's a decent three point shooter. Never been his strong suit. So I'm just saying. You know, I just hate when he. I hate when he settles for them. Yes, I, I, yes. If that's the shot you got to take, then cool. I'm cool with that. I hate when he settles. It's like, dude, yeah. come on now, just take it down. I understand you're tired. I understand you you're spent, but mm-hmm. take it downhill or get to get to your mid range. And I think I think you were right, Tone. Is I think his foot was bothering him. And he just that fade away wasn't going, but yeah, I couldn't say it with a straight face. I would have been like, Yeah, that f- the, the f- I love the fuck it three. I love it when he does the fuck because that's when I could go to bed. I'd be like, Oh, yeah, he ain't, he ain't it's over. Like, yeah, you know oh, y'all, y'all yeah. gonna have to lay off my goat just a little bit. Like, y'all gonna have to lay off my goat just a I'll little be like, bit. I'm on the east coast. I'll be on the east coast. I'm like, Man, okay, is, is this game? It's over? A wrap. He shoots that shot. I'll be like, Yep, yeah, t- turn it off. Girl, it's like, it's like, let good night, folks. Oh, yeah, I, I love it. Yo, especially night. when you don't want to go into overtime and it's a regular, just a regular season game. And he oh, like, he definitely trying to close them games. games. I'm too old for like, overtime, baby. Well, fuck it. <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> see, uh, let's see if it go in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but hey, we'll see who that. Let's see how that season plays out. Whoever the third option is. But uh, you know, this weekend was Saturday night Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, and we're talking about the notables. We had uh, Co- uh, Coach Popovich. We had Coach Becky Hammond, even though, you know, she got in as a player. Um, Dirk Nowitzki, shout out to D. Wade. If uh, you, if you didn't, you know, 
get a little misty eyed when he brought on his pops, then I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Man, I cried. I, yeah, I cried in that part. Yeah. When he said, yeah. when he said, when he said we, we in the Hall of Fame, yeah. I was like, man. <laughs> Damn, who's cutting that. the onions? Who's cutting the onions? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, Dirk, yeah, Dirk Nowitzki, but we had our very own um, Pau Gasol, number 16. Uh, he made it into the hall. Um you know, not Paul, not Paul, but Paul. Pow. Pow. Without the L. Pow. Yeah, we had Pau Gasol make it to the uh, hall. And, you know, um, it just, you know, Pau, first of all, what's your favorite, um, what what memories of Pau wearing that purple and gold sticks out for you? Okay, I could go first on this one. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, my fondest memory is when he put the put back on KG and he screamed out. And that's when, because we knew at that point we was winning that championship and we was about to get, um, at that point, Cole was about to get five and, and Pi was getting two. And that was the just like, okay, yeah, it's cemented. He's going to the hall, <laughs> get his Raptor. I, they didn't, I mean, you know, you wanted to win more, but. Like that was my fondest memory of Powell, man. It just hit us getting them for a bag of chips. That that was the other uh, great memory because <laughs> I don't know what what we we Kwame and some some stuff and his brother. Mm-hmm. And it was like Kwame, was steal, his man. brother. Um, yeah, and I think it was like one other player and like some draft. We picks. we pay um, dearly for that. We pay dearly for those two. It seems like Lakers pay for their doggone rings because we 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 get the we do these trades or sometimes and we just get away with bloody birdie or did we we go on some mm-hmm. kind of awful awful tread? It's like why did we sell our souls for that? But I'll sell it every time. For every ring time, you know, you know, for, for me, ring um, sell it. Yeah, before we get to Tone, for me, um, the moment that stands out for me and we were in you know kb we were talking about this um a couple nights ago um it's during that in the 08 olympics during the group play game between usa and spain when co and it's you know it's in the it was covered at length in the uh redeem team documentary on netflix when kobe ran through his chest now for folks that don't remember this is what a month and a half, two months after the 08 NBA Finals where the Lakers lost to the Celtics. That one still, hurt, still hurts. But Kobe, he did so many things in um, in that moment. First, on the surface, he was setting the tone for the USA team. You know, like, hey, we got to we, we gotta go after it. He was setting the tone for them. But, you know... You ever have that one person that you don't even have to say words to, but you can just give them a look? Uh, That's what that reminded me of. Because Kobe, I think he was also sending a message to Powell. Say, yo, you you need to be this tough when we go back into the the Lakers season. And Powell just got up. And please tell me if Powell didn't become a tougher player uh, when, you know, after that moment. Um, you know, obviously we won the next two NBA finals. So for him to be able to be better Mm -hmm. from that moment when he could have sat out the game, he could have took it personal. He could have been upset with Kobe. 
he could have requested a trade. Nah, he took that as a challenge and he answered the call. You know, we won the next two NBA finals. It helps cement his leg uh his legend, his um, you know, get him into the hall. Uh Tone, what uh any uh saw moments for you? So no disrespect to you guys. I'm a little bit younger than you guys. So I didn't have the same passion or understanding for basketball around those times as I do now. But I definitely recall those Kobe days because I was a little bit of a uh, Celtics fan. So I watched us. I watched us kick ass, but then I watched our ass get kicked. You know what I'm saying? In the same breath. But I remember, I think, was it like um, maybe 09 playoffs? It was maybe the finals. It was... um, Orlando and LA and it was uh not like a super super duper play um you know like highlight reel type thing but in OT I think game two I'm looking it up now um Kobe got doubled on on a drive pal cut nice little bounce pass to pal and one right but I remember, and I don't remember where I saw it, but I remember that clip for a long time, the conversation they were having in the locker room. And, you know, the rap that Kobe got for such a long time, you know, kind of being a selfish player, even a lot of the younger guys say how he was not necessarily standoffish, but he was such a serious guy. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, he's not kikiing, he's not doing too much, he's here to work. But just to see the joy um, that he lamented, you know what I'm saying? talking to pal like bro we were here like that shit i love i love me a good bromance i love me a good like you know dude to dude connection you know what i'm saying so i just think that they clicked at such a good time again after the rap he got not being able to kind of like finish the deed off with Shaq and everything for their <clears throat> their you know uh tandem to kind of continue to flourish no offense Shaq got replaced and pal was an exceptional replacement who can ask for anything better. It's not, it's a once in a lifetime thing. You don't always find great players like that to join your squad. Like New Don was saying before how the ownership, the um, for so many years, several years has found a way to kind of get pieces to be, you know, put themselves in the notoriety that they have been able to for so many decades, so many years is amazing. So, you know, like I said, shout out to Paul, cause he could have easily said, Nah, this ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? A lot of guys, their ego trumps everything, but he just came back every year bigger, better, and stronger for the most part. KB. You guys gave very good uh, memories of Pal Gasol and Kobe Bryant. My favorite one is when, uh, well, one, it was a video when I first seen it um, because they're doing like behind the scenes on what it takes for the Lakers to get ready for the games. And there was one instance where you just see Kobe was like, pow. He just goes like, and Powell's like, I got you, I got you. He automatically is connected with him mentally. Um, they had a brotherhood. Their chemistry was on point. Um, and it, like, uh, like Zim was talking about, when Kobe ran through his chest, that was some of like that. I know a lot of people, some people don't know the game like that. Or like, that's just messed up. Why would you do that? It's not good sportsmanship. Yes, that is. That's very good sportsmanship because watching stuff like that happen, that just lets you know, like Zen said, that's setting the tone. Anytime in any sports, anything in the game, you have to set the tone doing something. This is how it's going to be read. This is how we're going to play. So when that happened, that was dope. A uh, memory for myself is when Kobe was talking to 
pal at the end of the game saying you're like right there. If you see that screen right there to set it, I'm gonna give you a look, you know when to set it. So in the game, I think it was against either the Celtics or the Magic. It was one of those games where they were one of the I think we have the, the same room. memory. I think it was the Orlando yeah. uh, Exactly. Team. And then you yeah, just see Orlando, Kobe. Yeah. Exactly. You see Kobe look at him and Paul's like, You want me to want me to go? And he's like, Yeah. And then he sets the screen, gives it to him, he gets the layup, boom, done. The memory that memory like that was dope because when you see when you see uh, Kobe Bryant jumping up and down and saying like he, like he was happy he won that one, especially against I think it had to be it was against the Magic. So he won that one. He was super excited. He went to the crowd. He did that. I jumped on my couch. My mom almost beat the dogs down on me. I jumped on my couch. I was like, hey, <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's you know what I mean. So when he was doing stuff like that, it was just dope because you kind of just you felt the love they had as brothers, the love they had as a team, and just what they were doing. They were just really, really dominant. So um, that was my best memory. And I think me and Tony just connected on that. Uh, Tony connected on that, excuse me. So that was dope. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, going back, speaking of this class, right, and it made me think of something, and I had to do a little research. But if you look at last night or this year, class of 23, um, you know, Hoops Hall of Fame. You got Dirk, you got Tony Parker, um, and yeah, you have Dirk, you have Tony Parker, you have um, Paul Gasol. No, 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 Manu, Manu didn't get inducted this year. No, oh, Manu man. didn't get inducted this year. It was uh, Tony Parker. But you have three international players, right? And then I did a little research, and the last time a U.S.-born player won the MVP was 2017-2018. That was James Harden. Since then, Giannis won back-to-back years. Uh, Nikola, uh, you know, Joe, Nikola won it uh, twice. Embiid won it twice. So we got going backwards. Embiid. Joker, Giannis, last five MVPs. My question is, do you think we, we're seeing a shift in the landscape when it comes to the NBA and who's dominating the sport? Because I think it's safe to say right now, Joker's the best player in the league. Like, I, 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 I can't see anyone arguing that point. Um, Giannis is two or three. He's either two or three. He's a, he's up there, but do you guys see a landscape a shift in the landscape when it comes to international players uh, compared to uh, American players? I do. I mean, I from uh, who was like one of the first to come in? Uh, like when Tony Kukoc came in, he was doing this thing. I think there was a couple before him, but my biggest memory is when Tony Kukoc came in. He was just dropping dot like dropping points and you know watching the Dream Team, you know. Uh, how that came out when they were recording and stuff like that. And they said Tony Kukoc was on LeBron, not LeBron, on Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen's my radar, saying we're just going to lock him up so he doesn't come and play. That Those type of, like, moments, with, with somebody that good, you need two people to take turns guarding him so he can't score what he normally does. Um, I think that kind of changed the mindset. And then also when Dirk came in. So I do. I think it's changed for the better. I mean, it's more competition. It's better for – um, USA players who used to win it like on a regular, 
to get better, to up their game, to open their, you know, skill sets to more, you know, to doing more than just being one, you know, one set skill set. So, um, yeah, I think it has. I think it's changed for the better. Um, I don't even know if I will consider it change for the better. I just think we're we're paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Like um, the term KB uses, they're on their radar now. And you cannot deny it. You, there's not, with all due respect, there's not four or five African-American players that are better than Joe Kitsch right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, even better than Embiid. And I have my, my, my personal gripes against Embiid from time to time. You know what I'm saying? It's not just James. It's not just Russell. It's not just LeBron. It's not just AD. You have to pay attention to Luca. You have to pay attention to, like I said, Joker. You have to pay attention to Joel. Um, considering even like Shay, they're not, I don't think they're American born. Um, uh, OG Ananobi, um, even Amazing. RJ Barrett, as he, he, as he finds his footing, you know what I'm saying? None of them are just USA bred born straight out of Louisiana, straight out of Georgia, straight out. You know what I'm saying? You got to consider even the kids that are second generation American. You know what I'm saying? I don't know many of them off the top of my head, but you'll be surprised. Haitians, uh, Jamaicans, Africans, you'll be surprised if you go and do some real research. Like I said, it's like not all of them are American born. You know, they might represent the American community, even Kyrie himself. I don't think Kyrie was born here. You know what I'm saying? So you technicality. <laughs> but like you said, technicality, but it's true. It's it's a fact nonetheless. So I think we're just paying attention now and you got to give those guys, you know, credit where credit is due, period. A, a good example that Tony just said, because they weren't born here, Paulo Bencaro, he was supposed to play for Italy. He switched real quick, real quick. But that's one. Yeah, I'm I'm at a place with the international game is that it's it's going in a direction where now the top the cream is rising to the top at this point. Where before it was kind of they were subtly here, they was because uh, you had the Ricky Rubios, you had the other guys here and there that was like just they fringe. They were play, they were they were guys. You was you had mm-hmm. to notice them, but they wasn't like. Out there, up, up there, up there. Now you got the Jokers, you got the Luka Doncic, you got, um, you got even uh, what's the name from um the Jazz? Look how he, uh, I forgot his name. Um, he's over what? in um, Mekinen, Mekinen, Mekinen. Yeah, no. he's over. He, he's overseas, uh, serving his country right in now. the military. Yeah, yeah, in the military, wow. serving his country in another with another um uh, nationalities, uh, another country. So, um. Yeah, I, I just think it's just they've caught up. Now, do I think somebody else is going to be – are we going to see steady diet of jokers and stuff like that? No, I don't think so. You're probably going to still get uh, like middle-of-the-road guys that's still there. But they, they're turned this game international. It's, it's, it's at a place where it's just already there. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if we – if travel gets a little bit better – don't be shocked if an expansion team is overseas somewhere. So don't be okay. shocked. And I wouldn't not at all. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. And with the and with the with the um well, we're not gonna get into the uh Saudi Arabia. We don't want this to get canceled. Never mind. <laughs> no, no, hey, 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 give us a billion. Give us a billion. We give you a hundred episodes right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I mean, even they're trying to buy into sports. They're buying into yeah. sports now. Yeah. So with them buying into sports now at this point, I think it's inevitable that it's just going to, you might see it keep team, expanding. Yeah. Over in Africa, or they might even have an African league or a European yeah. league, NBA, Europe, NBA, Africa. You might start seeing that in that sense of that's how they pluck and they move around from there. Like James Harden could then ask for a trade to uh, the uh, Egyptian nightling. So whatever. Not James Harden hey, catching hey, the, the pharaohs. Take them all the way over there. Take them all the way to the pharaohs. pharaohs. Um, hey, real quick, like I said, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to um, point out just how sleep we are. I'm going to name some of the best current international players, right? So we got the Jokers, right? We got Greek. We got Joel. We got Luca, Lori, Pasca. I said OG, but I meant Pascal too. I forgot about Pascal now. Uh, who else we got? KP, Kristaps Porzingis, uh, Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert, Franz Wagner, Josh Giddy, Nikola Vucevic, Clint Capella, Jonas Valachunas. The list just goes on and on. Like I said, I think we're just more privy now. Like you see them on the main stage, the the advancement of social media and stuff, they can kind of get marketed just as much as a LeBron, just as much as a, you know, um, James Harden. Like I said, the the um, thoroughbred USA um, counterparts. But these international players are nothing to joke with. They can keep up with the best of them. They they definitely are owed their respect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is coming from know, the daughter of an immigrant, by the way. There we go. Oh, shit. I'm the son <laughs> of an immigrant. But uh, yeah, um, I just thought it was a, you know, the international flavor into the league uh, is something that we see influenced. Uh, you know, we look at the how the Spurs, the offense runs, even the Warriors offense. There's a lot of uh, European influence in there. And uh, I think it's making the game better. I'm all for it. You know, let the best players, like uh, New Don says, cream rises to the top. So uh, that's how it's supposed to be. Um, um, So no matter where they come from, let's keep it rolling. But we will be back. Our topic, you know, the topic I'm really looking forward to discussing, uh, athletes and activism. We will be back um, after this unpaid ad from Zen's Infused Treats. And uh, yeah, we're going to get it, get into it with uh, this topic with uh, New Dawn and we got Tone in here. So uh, we'll be right back. All right. So this is, I just, I'm just doing a little countdown and then bring us back because Tony's going to plug in that ad. Uh, 10, 9, 8. Fuck you, Tony. You should be here. All right. Three, two, one. All right. So we're back. Thank you for listening to that unpaid ad for Zen's Infused Treats. You know, New Don, when we were going to have this uh, this topic, when we picked this topic for this week, you know, you mm-hmm. and I have been discussing uh, bringing you on the podcast for a while. Um, yep. And like I said in our intro, you're one of the few people on social media that I actually talk about sports and politics what's going on in society with um i know you know i want you to take a minute uh because i uh because i know this is your professionally you know when it comes to politics in this country this this is your professional field uh, um what 
what do you um what do you do so uh what do i do so i am a consultant for politicians um and just um just in a political sense i uh help with um different campaigns. The last camp, big campaign I did was the Obama campaign. I kind of did it on a secret because at the time I was in the service. So you can't do that kind of stuff when you're in the service. Uh, you got to be neutral. But I did it then. And that's where I got my passion from. I don't, I, I do it not for money. I do it for the love of my people. Because I think we need a foot in the door a lot of times. And it's just a different dynamic of uh, what I do. Um, I just more so create talking points for people and how to maneuver different things and how to think of different things in um, in your everyday life is got a political tilt to it. Now, it may not be on a national scale, but it is definitely locally. And I just... Uh, I like our conversations about uh, sports and um, politics because a lot of times it's been running into each other. Um, and that's what I really got into sports is because I was in the political world and I started really like I watched the game, but I didn't like watch or watch the game. And I started to watch, watch the game. And then at the same time, when you have people like um, I really remember, um, if you remember the 20. 20 season. Uh, people don't yeah. remember the beginning of that season. Um, and this is where we get into more of the activism. Um, LeBron James um, and the Lakers was all over uh, at, uh, where is they in China or Japan? somewhere? It yeah. was overseas. Yep. And uh, Daryl Morey yep. uh, spoke up and people got upset that LeBron James kind of got him. And I understood what LeBron James was saying. Like people thought he was trying to take up for that regime and he wasn't. What he was saying was, Hey man, we're over here. <laughs> That's risky. Yeah. You're putting us Let in harm's way. You putting us in harm's way. I get the activism part of it and I'm all for your activism, but allow us to get over back home <laughs> first. Cause they was, they was stuck there. They, they had an issue and they, they had to have security. And I think they ended up, then they ended up canceling the game, ended up getting bad mm -hmm. and they canceled. Mm -hmm. So, and they had to get back home and it's, it's one of those things and it's a multitude of things. And I hate how LeBron now gets a bad rap because they'd be like, now they could utilize that whenever he starts talking black issues or he starts talking American issues. Then they'd be like, well, what, what, what you ain't say nothing when, when Daryl Morey in China, and it's like, nah, that's not how that worked. He was he was worried about his safety. He just wanted not, to make sure he was home. absolutely. And you remember, because uh, I want to get back to the NBA in a second. Um, mm -hmm. But I remember during that time. Remember, it even got to the point where China, um, I guess, took banned the NBA from their public uh, television. Like yeah. um, they blocked it. So you know that but was literally the whole season. Huge... I think the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, yeah, I think that was a loss of what I think they said about 300, 400 million to the league. Um, but you know, the, the reason why it's a couple things that really sparked this conversation and, uh, our brother showed up Tony at the bald mojito on Twitter. He is here. What's up, Tony? Yeah. Um, but you know, yo, um, 
You know, the thing that sparked this conversation, because right now, you know, we started off this conversation talking uh, this episode, talking about Team USA, you know, and these guys are ultimately, you know, we talked about everything from a basketball standpoint, but these guys are representing their country. And, you know, seven years ago, this month in 2016, that the whole Colin Kaepernick, um, situation started and that was a very polarizing time 2016 election this was when trump was better or for worse was on fire make america great again and you know he literally used the kaepernick um refusal to stand for the national anthem he used that as a as a selling point to his base to galvanize his base. And it became like such a lightning rod issue. But, you know, I was just looking up some statistics um, while uh, you were talking new Don. And in 2020, the league was 74%, 74, 6% black, the NBA 2021, that percentage actually dipped to 73.2%. And, you know, right before the break, we were talking about uh, the influx and the influence of international players um, really not only entering the league, but damn near being the best players on the court. And, you know, the black athlete, you know, in this country, athletes in general, they're the most visible figures that you're going to see because you're thinking, okay, these are, if you're an NBA player, that means you're going to be on someone's TV. If you make it to the finals, you're going to be on someone's TV live, damn near what, 115 to 20 nights per year. That's not including a commercial. That's not including replays of the game from last night. You're going to be live on someone's television a minimum of one third of the year, you know? So these are very, these are folks with platforms. These are folks that have a lot of influence and it's, it's, there's a lot of parallels between sports in America and in the issues of society. Um, you know, I want to, I want to continue with new Don, but then get to everyone else. New Don, what, as we as we start this conversation, what parallels do you see when it comes to, I guess, sports, and in I guess, society and how the yeah. athletes fit in between? So how I like to look at it with activism and sports is I think it goes into two lanes. And you talked about Kaepernick. Um, I always call Kaepernick more of um, I, I call him Malcolm. He's more Malcolm than Martin. And mm-hmm. a lot of people look at um, look at Muhammad Ali uh, as more Malcolm than Muhammad, but um, uh, I mean, uh, well, I'm not Malcolm. Malcolm and Martin, they look right. at him as more like Malcolm, not Martin. I actually look at um, him as Martin more so because he was at peace. Mm-hmm. He was at peace, and they all was at peace. But it felt like Kaepernick at first was trying to go the the Martin route. I'm going the mountain route. I'm I'm going to be peaceful and I'm a peacefully protest. And you're right. Trump took that and multiple other things 
and played into pretty much the races kind of man left out bag and that that's what it was and it came off like he's a spoiled brat did it even though the whole story got muddled you know he was actually sitting at one point and then he was and nobody noticed it until like a reporter mm-hmm. just one day asked him about it and then he finally talked about it but before he was it's a silent protest te- technically so it wasn't it, it just got ran out of control and that's what i think about like society and sports is very much connected because now i think part of it the 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 hunger of the game is different now because thank god i i talk to i talk to my wife about it all the time like our kids didn't our kids don't struggle like we did like right (laughs) they didn't have to get it out the mud they didn't have to they didn't they don't know nothing about food stamps all like that they don't know nothing about um having to only have one meal the only time they eat is when they're in school now they've they got friends that do that but majority of these kids aren't bad bad off a lot of them are it's a it is a i'm not trying to sugarcoat like the childhood um hunger and all that other stuff that is happening i'm not saying that that's not happening what i'm just saying in a lot of kids especially that's going through the basketball ranks those kids aren't as str- like we first started talking about us going to this, doing the podcast because John Morant was getting in trouble. And finally, John, it took forever. We, we time and all that other stuff. But even that whole scenario with John Morant, you look at that situation, like John came from a good family. Like, like people talking like John's some fuck. John comes from a good family and a good, good environment. He's not, and a lot of these guys come from good environments. It's not a bunch of LeBron James that's coming from a single family home no more. It's a lot of kids nowadays, which is good. It's great that that's happening. But that also plays into, that's the societal thing. The societal thing is changing because there's more kids with two family households. There's more kids going through not eating healthier, being better with their nutrition. So now that goes into the athlete where the athlete now comes together with uh, a better body frame and is able to uh, not beat up on their, their bodies and so on and so forth. But now the drive is different now. Now the drive ain't always there. If you notice down the line, we keep talking about these younger players. I mean, name some younger players that is really trying to get it, get it. There's some, but there's not as many as it used to be. And that's where the the societal things coincide. And just the activism in sports has always been a thing. It will always be a thing. Um, You can't silence it. You're not going to ever because these people ultimately are human beings. Like, Like we fail to realize that these people are human beings. These are human bodies that are doing amazing things. They're doing one of a kind, but they are still humans and they still have feelings and everything else absolutely before we get to tony tony you're just joining us um as we get deeper in this conversation athletes and activism um where do you fall in where do you fall in with this what's the connection what parallels do you see um do you guys hear me by any chance, just yes, like, yes, all right, cool. yes. So, from I think the the I think what Newdal said makes perfect sense, but also there's a factor here's like, and if you can hear my dog eating, I'm sorry. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> if if the it's it's the players 
nowadays comparatively to what they were even when it was uh bill russell and even more prevalent now they have a platform and now they're using that platform they're they're there is an association with it now. Like now you have followers, now you have fans, and now you have basically all the eyeballs. That's why you have the LeBron James. Every single tweet is taken, dissected, and 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 whatnot. The whole John Moran situation, it's being dissected by every single party. Like you've got the NRA guys that are like Second Amendment rights. You got the 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 other side of it. It's like hey. The, that's kind of like a gang, um, it, which again, it's it's this thing now that we live in the media in a more. You have a platform, you have a responsibility, but also, like, if you wanna if you wanna say something, you could say it, and now, something that could require a lot more effort doesn't really require that much for a player like for an NBA player, for an athlete, like now they have a voice and they want to use that voice to, to basically, sorry, my Tom, sorry. Give me a second. No, you were doing great, Tony. I feel like we could hear you clearly and everything. Yeah, no, no. It's just, she's, she's being stubborn and she's fighting on my, on my leg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect timing. No, Tony, but, and his, um, Tony and his bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it. Um, so now, so the thing, the thing is, like that that Dara Mori thing is like, even 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 going back to that just a little bit. Um, it's like it's not even what LeBron. It's just, I and and I and I have the the tweet here. It's, it's basically I I think he was misinformed, and it wasn't a tweet. It was him just verbally. Like I think the tweet that he posted out was misinformed that was it that was it it was it, it was just that and then it's like extrapolate that and to a thousand different angles it's like no like uh it, <laughs> you can see her um it, it's it's just um in in a sense nowadays nba players athletes have the power that when martin luther king when 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 Malcolm, like they didn't have that level of eye of eye catching, like every single thing now is is detailed. It's even even with Kyrie, like every single move he makes is now dissected. Um, and to a certain point, when it comes to activism, it's like it's actually great if you think about it because now they have a voice. Now they can they can they can move certain topics like they can move ahead on so many levels. Sometimes we see the, 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 the media aspect be so negative or be so hyper-focused into the negative side of things. But if you think about it, they do have the ability now to kind of move the subject even further, like move certain things even more. And I think that's the association now. It's like, even, even like, Jalen Brown's comment, like when he got the the when he got the bag, I think it was the three whatever, and he said like, "I want to get black ownership, get black, uh, what's it called, um, uh, like Wall Street equity on Boston, yeah, Black equity. Wall Street, yeah, 
Yeah, and 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 and, and, and that's the thing. It's like you now have a voice. You have now the power. Use it. And I think we've seen in both sides how it's used properly and how it's used not properly. So it's 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 interesting. So I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that. And I'm sorry if I regurgitated some, some of the topics. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Tony, athletes and activism. Um what are your what are your oh. thoughts? There's uh, where does it where does athletes when it comes to activism fit into society? Um, I feel like I appreciate the fact that um, maybe compared to back then, their voices are a little bit more. And I hate to say it, but it feels like it at times. But their voices are a little bit more tolerated. Or Muhammad had to pretty much stop what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't even continue his career just to kind of stand up for what he believed in as to where, you know, we're now pushing more like, hey, these are my rights. I have a right to freedom of speech just as much as any other American citizen here. So, you know, you can't just X me or try to exile me out of the equation, out of my nation, because you don't agree with what I say. Um, when I thought about this topic, the main person I thought about was Kyrie Irving, because even me, first of all, I'll I'll claim ignorance, not ignorance in the sense of like I'm trying to degrade myself. Ignorance because I do lack a lot of knowledge. I am not the person. I'm not going to crack open no book. Be honest with you. I read, but not that frequently. You know what I'm saying? Research is a bitch. To retain a lot of information, to connect a lot of dots is challenging as fuck. You know what I'm saying? I would say a person like me, not only do I have not have the time, I don't have the mental capacity for it. So for a long time, I really, really judged this kid. But to to his own point or his own defense, I could see he was growing. And that's what I did, too. I had to mature and realize that, again, he is entitled to not only his own thoughts, his own purviews, and his own right to speak freely on what he believes in. But I respect the fact that he tries his best to navigate, you know, those thoughts and stand on them. I really, really appreciate this this young man a lot more than I did when I was younger, especially just uh, spitefully because he left Cleveland. Nah, I'll be real with you. You know what I'm saying? But some of the things he stands for and a lot of it is, uh, is silent. You know what I'm saying? I know they tried to they really tried to smear this kid because of his retweet or like for the quote-unquote anti-Semitic um, um, movie or whatnot, but you have to understand again, it's just like, without all the dramatics and stuff, there's just little points he's trying to point out that he understands that he believes in, so she's just going as far back as where he, he's where he's from, his heritage, his ancestors and stuff like that, and again, that's not something that everyone takes the time to do. So to try to throw him over the butt under the bus, because at one point you're, you're going to have, you know, MAGA supporters who believe in the forefathers to the day they die. But God forbid this black man, you know, believes in what his ancestors stood for, what they, what was taken from them and so on and so forth for him to fight for that. People forget that this kid stand, stood behind the WNBA when they were fighting, put up a lot of his own money to help those women. Um, even with this whole Nike thing, you know what I'm saying? For him to have the courage to say, you know what? Keep your check. I will go to this other company and do whatever it is that I have to do because they're going to allow me to be me. And still, you know, 
pursue again his love for the game because a lot of them that's where it stems from first yes you know i love the fact that they're able to create generational wealth i'll even go as far as jalen brown i hate to say it i don't want to put another black man down another black boy down but that contract to me is outrageous but one thing i stand behind is what he the first things he said out his mouth is i want to create like a new regime for my people here in boston the fact that we're so low as far as, you know, the totem pole, I'm going to put us back up again with their hard-earned money. This is a nine-to-five for these guys. Yes, I was as I was alluding to, yes, they have the love for ball, but this is a nine-to-five. They are going to work every day, risking their own careers, their own lives on the line, like we were talking about the LeBron situation. You know what I'm saying? It's okay for Daryl to have his point of view, but I got to think about my safety first. And I'm glad I kind of um, – Brought, uh, segwayed to that again too. I think I was talking to my older brother about some of these things once upon a time, especially during that 2020 season. And my brother made a good point for everyone who wants to turn his their backs on LeBron. Oh, they they might disagree with you know what he does speak up for or what he does not speak up for, especially what he's quote unquote silent about. First of all, again, you never know what these guys are doing um, behind closed doors. Just because they don't report everything or take photo ops for everything, you cannot discredit them unless you have fact like, okay, this NIG don't believe in this shit. You know what I'm saying? We don't know that for a fact. But in the same breath, it's like if LeBron wants to just kind of like bite the bait for everything he believed in, and then they, you know, quote unquote, cancel him, or there's certain deals that he can't, or um, deals or brands that he can't take a part of and get a check for. Where's the I Promise School? Where's the everything that he does for Akron, Ohio, on a day to day basis? Where's everything that he does for his two black sons and his black daughter? What's everything that he does, you know, to represent, you know, Gloria and all the um, activism and philanthropy that she does, and so on and so forth? So they got to think about things like that, too. Um, Colin, too, I hate everything that he's had to sacrifice until this day for him to still look for an opportunity just to play the fucking sport that he loves. He had to sacrifice a lot, you know, to do that. You know what I'm saying? And I again, I get it. You know, they, they make all this money. They have, you know, you know, I get, you know. At the same breath, it's like a 50-50 type of slate. It's like you can't affect the bottom line. That is a really hard thing to do. You know, everyone needs their bread. Everyone, you know, the lifestyle that they're now accustomed to, you know what I'm saying? And again, the things that they're putting in, the money that they need to put into the communities, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, it it, it sucks that that I feel like it's my people the most that have to, to trudge that line, you know, of... What do I stand for? What is right, or do I, you know, stand for? I don't know. Getting getting my dollars to try to, you know, put it back to, you know, put my money where my mouth is. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But can I? I can I? I, I just do. want to say this one last point so we can uh, tie this thing up into a little bow. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that whole I always say to people all the time: international politics is not American politics. The fatal, fatal mistake a lot of these guys make is they go into a field that they don't know about. International, like the whole, I hated the whole Brittany Griner conversation and how that went because I'm like, y'all yeah. don't understand how these negotiations yeah. work. Y'all don't understand how it, it's going to go. So understand that stay in, it's kind of like stay in your lane, but also you still get the, you can still voice your opinion. And just like um, Tony was saying, um, earlier where he said it the the tweet just lacked knowledge that that's all it was and a lot of times is that a lot of times it's just that simple 
they just don't know. And, and beating them down because of that is just silly. And that's that's where it's at on the on the politics well, and sports. Let them speak, and then well, you know, see where it is. Here's the thing: there's a lot to unpack here because you know we go back. You look at Jack Johnson, first black heavyweight champion, 1908, and literally his fights, especially when he was going against white opponents, it was causing race riots, but yet he celebrated, you know? I think at one point he was on a U.S. stamp. Um, You move forward to Jesse Owens, 1936 with the Olympics. Now, America loved... Like at that time, you know, America was literally using him as a symbol and a fuck you to Hitler because it's saying, look how bad you treat your people. And we have a, a black man who can represent us in the Olympics, but then, you know, go over to the States. And this was what? 30 years before, 25, 30 years before the civil rights uh, movement, civil rights era, and the yeah, treatment he was, of He black. came back home. He came home to Jim Crow. Yeah. Exactly. He, he came, he came yeah, back he, home to Jim Crow. He beat, yep. He beat Hitler and he came home to Jim Crow. And, you know, we brought up, uh, Tony brought up Muhammad Ali. And, you know, when he got stripped of his title. So that happened in 1967. Um, the boxing commission state by state systematically denied him a boxing license because he refused to fight in the Vietnam war, a war that now historically is it's frowned upon. It's looked like we should not have done that. But when Ali was protesting it, um, it was, you know, he, pretty much lost his livelihood in a lot of ways. Um, he fought it in court. He got it back in October of 1970. But when he got stripped of the title, there was a famous black summit, a uh, famous uh, summit of black athletes in Cleveland. Um, and there's a famous picture of it where you have Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, at the time he was known as Lou Alcindor, but this is before he converted to uh, to Islam. You have Carl Stokes, you got John Wooten, you have Jim Shorter. These were the best athletes. Uh, there were some more in there, uh, like Sid Williams and uh, Curtis McClinton. These were the best athletes um, in the world, and they came to support him. You don't really see that type of camaraderie and uh, that cohesion among athletes nowadays and you know you fast forward and well before i fast forward i wonder you know with boxing it's every man on its own you know you have your promoter but you know boxers you know you stand on your own we look at the mate we look at the big the main three sports in the u.s baseball which has had a huge issue with diversity for the longest time Football, football, you have, what, nearly 2,000 athletes, 1,800 to 2,000 players, and it's more of a melting pot, but even the majority of the faces of the league historically has been white players, mainly because mostly white quarterbacks, the quarterbacks get all the glory. 
But, you know, the NBA has always been a predominantly black league. Um, do you guys feel – I'm going to go back to Nudon. Nudon, do you feel that the NBA has more of a responsibility to stand up to social issues than any other, um, I guess, sporting body? I think they look at themselves to be able to, uh, as that arbitrator uh, to do that. I don't think it's something that we would decide. I think they've decided that uh, because of the nature of just like you said, the numbers, um, they just got more faces. They got more black faces. So they're going to always. And that's across the board too. like even in we don't have a conversation about black ownership in the NBA like we do in the NFL, because. Even though the NFL has minority black ownership, even uh, when they when minority black ownership in their NFL ranks, you don't see those faces at NFL all like like they don't promote those faces, which I mean, that's the NFL way. They promote the shield over everything. Um, so maybe that's just it. But in the NBA, even the predominantly like the minority black owners, you see, you see, you see Drake, a partial owner of Toronto. Way more do you see actually? They even they GM, and it's so on and so forth. You see it more. You see them more. So yeah, I, I don't think it's that. Do they have the responsibility? I think they have grabbed the responsibility and said, "Yeah, we're going to take it because we got the faces and we do it." That's why. Let's like the whole conversation. Stephen A. A while ago had the whole conversation about NBA coaches and they not enough black coaches. I kind of felt like it was going to be a cycle. You was going to have a cycle of a whole lot of black coaches and a whole lot of not black coaches that go right back to having a whole lot of black coaches like we're having now. I think it's just a cycle. Yo, Newton, I got a, I got a question. Just, yeah, just go, go ahead. Um, when you said the minority owners, and I, I googled this uh, again. I don't follow NFL. How many black owned? Because like, I'm, I'm looking at this re- report, and out of the NFL, oh, bad. MLB, and NBA, principal owner, there's only one, and he already sold the team. Yep, it was Jordan. Jordan, yeah. Principal owner, yeah. Pr- principal owner. There's minorities here and there, but yeah, principal owner is only one. Yeah, it was and, always one for a long time. Yeah. But it, I don't think it's a it's a little bit I'd look at it a little bit different with the NFL because I don't feel like it's a systematic, more so a systematic like they trying to keep them from doing it. I just think they can't they don't want to buy it like that. Like, I think they're more into the groups now. If you notice all the new ownerships, they got one one governor, but they are a group of people mm-hmm. that buy that team. So I think just the model and just how they do it is a little bit different. The I feel like the NFL kind of is doing a systematic thing. They are not trying to actively get a black owner or even even the upper echelon executives is bad like even if nba got a lot of black executives like there's a lot of black gms <laughs> you don't have a you don't I, have that i don't know how many black gms is in the nfl i think it's probably like uh two three maybe maybe so two maybe two maybe so, two and then it's it's just it's just it's two different things but again i, I just harping back to yeah it's it's their response 
I think they have taken the responsibility. I don't think it's something that we have given to them. They just so, said, we got the black faces. Let's go on ahead and do it. Here's my, all right, here's my question. Here is another question. Um, so the NBA, I think it's safe to say that the NBA is the most progressive league out of the major sports in this country. Okay. And then yes, that's, that's true. And then even if we're really keeping it real, and I'm, I have to say this, the WNBA is light years ahead when it comes to being progressive. Unfortunately, they're not, they're not a major league yet for in not just in this conversation, but in the grand scheme of things, they're not, they're not a major league. They're not as big of the end as the NBA, but we, we got to have a topic about that because I think absolutely. it's by their own, it's by their own doing. I don't know. I, it's their fault that they're not a Look, bigger league. Here's the but thing. We can talk about that another we, day. Here, I will just say this really quick. Uh, we were watching the hall of fame last night. Um, Becky Hammond. And we were watching it, and someone mentioned it's really interesting how she thanked Mark Davis for giving her the letting her ride the private jet for the Hall of Fame uh, speech, but yet the players can't ride can't uh, ride private airfare to their games. Just saying, that's a that's another time. But I want to this is where I want to get to because. You know, we look at the history of this league with the NBA, right? And we look at Jordan, okay? Folks, this is not a fucking GOAT debate. We are not doing that. Not here. Um, Not now. But we look at Jordan, who, for the longest time, he, he didn't ruffle the feathers politically or socially. Now, there were times that he did say that he did speak out a co- about a couple things, but it didn't get as much notoriety as his other, as his commercials, right? Like when uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, for, uh, formerly known as Chris Jackson, when he was standing, when he refused to stand, or no, he, re- he, re- he prayed, he prayed for uh, during the national anthem, and a lot of folks got upset with that. Jordan actually spoke up uh, in support of him. Um, but a lot, but that doesn't get much attention. But we saw how Jordan became a billionaire after his retirement. He stayed connected to the game. He's regarded he's regarded as the greatest or one of the greats. Not I don't care about where the ranking is. Um, we look at a person like Magic Johnson. Same thing. Really didn't uh, ruffle the feathers politically or socially. Now he did become an advocate for HIV and AIDS once he was infected with HIV. Um, Once again, he's done great in the business sphere. I think of Kareem, um, who changed his name in the 70s, um, you know, converted to Islam. He, during his playing days, he got a lot of backlash. He got a lot of shit for his political and social views. But nowadays, there's a social justice award named after him. Um, I look at a person like Craig Hodges, who won two titles in 91 and 92 with the, uh, with the Bulls. Um, two-time NBA champ. He's, um, 
the only player besides Larry Bird to win three straight three-point shooting contests uh, at the NBA All-Star uh, weekend. But in 92, no, 91, when, you know, the team visit the White House, he wore dashiki, and he gave uh, George H.W. Bush a letter highlighting, talking about the poor treatment of minorities. Um, one year after that letter, he was out of the league. Um, is there any correlation? Huh, we'll, we'll see. Chris Jackson, anyone that watched basketball in the early 90s, mid-90s, he was he he was cold. He was cold, folks. He played at LSU with Shaq. If he didn't if he didn't go through what he went through in his career, I would put him he would have probably been top 10 point guards ever. He was cold. Um after he pro after his protests, uh within two years, he was out of the league. Just saying, and this was a person that was like he was he was a great player. Just look him up, do your research, folks. Um, you know, the thing about the NBA, we have the NBA has embraced hip hop. The NBA has stood, has actually been proud of being a, um, a league with so much diversity. My question is, as NBA fans, the people that love Rebel, this game, sorry to cut you off. I want to kind of like just highlight that. Okay. I want to say specifically Adam Silver. And then for two, it's like they didn't really have choice. I'll say that. Because remember, um, buddy who passed away, I'm sorry, his name is slipping my mind. He was all for, I'm tired of seeing chains. I'm tired of seeing jerseys. I want people in suits. No more baseball caps, so on and so forth. I just wanted to. Oh, David, David, David Stern. David Stern. David Stern. Yeah, yes. I, yeah, I was. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Where I was getting to is with the NBA fans, right? League has been proud of their diversity. Should we? Should we as fans take on that mantle? Should we? Are we should we as fans, NBA fans, saying, you know what? I can't just care about these players when they're in a jersey. Should we be advocate? Should we be more like by being NBA fans? Should we also embrace the activism since the the NBA is such a progressive league? Go ahead, Nudan. I, I think it's by choice. I think. I think everybody has to cho choose if they want to be an activist or not, and uh, or to ask them to be activists. Um, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of times what's happening is, um, I think they just like like you said before they were forced to, like you said they embrace hip hop, and I like it. We talked about the Hall of Fame speech, um, Allen Iverson, like you Allen said, Iverson, set, yes, D Wade said he set the culture. He did. People wasn't wearing arm sleeves. People wasn't wearing the fresh kicks. People didn't wear, I mean, even um, the uh, Fat Five, man, they, your shorts wasn't that long back in the day. It was shorter back in the day. So it's just one of those things that um, I think I think it's just inevitable. I think it's one of them things that we don't, I don't think we have to demand them to do it. 
I think them being progressive as they is, I think they're going to push it forward because just the, just the, like I was talking about it earlier with our kids and everything like that. I think technology has pushed a lot of this easy, has made things a little bit easier to, to get to and get at and speak about and everything else. Cause we have these things, we have these mediums now where, um, we're in all different spots of the world and we're talking to each other. We're having a conversation and it's going to be out on multiple platforms. So they'll be able to hear our voice. That's the same thing with LeBron James. That's the same thing with um, your uncle, cousin, brother. Anybody can now speak their voice and it's about how many ears listen to it. So they, like Tony was saying earlier about they just got the eyeballs now. They got more to scrutiny, and they got to. I think they got to navigate the the fear of getting told that they were, um, the fear of saying that they're wrong. Like they have to. I talk about it a lot uh, during the season, and y'all gonna hear me a lot on my show talk about like if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Like I can I can take the loss of being wrong because I then learn from that wrong. Like we got to stop. Sometimes canceling somebody is tantamount to not teaching them. I want to teach sometimes like the whole thing with LeBron James and that whole um, teach him. Don't cancel him. Teach him why what he said was probably factually. It was it was factually incorrect and wasn't nuanced enough. And you're on Twitter, my G. Uh, (laughs) You can't get too nuancy on Twitter or x or whatever the heck they calling it this week so it's those things that you just got to understand as they got to understand as athletes that they have to they have to be a lot more guarded with their information but they do have to press a little bit more and they are able to press a little bit more but i i don't think we should force them because i'm never into force activism or a push activism i want them to because activism comes from the spirit and i want them to I want these players to get it from their gut and be like, oh, I care about this. This is what I, I, I want to do. And that brings the energy forward because that's what you're going to need when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're everything else. You're going to need that energy to be able to keep pressing forward or you're going to quit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things that I one of the things that um I want to get to in this conversation, I want to get to KB because uh, I do have a hypothetical because we you know the influence that athletes have um you know we like going back to the what we were talking about with Muhammad Ali it's really interesting how the government the governing bodies uh first of all the government took away his passport when he refused to go to the Vietnam war right and all of the governing bodies of uh, the boxing commissions state by state denied him the you know to get a boxing license but in 1996 he was the person that lit the torch at the olympics and but what stood out to me is he lit the torch at the olympics when he was weakened with the parkinson's but then when he was but but before years before when he was the strong vocal black man he was dangerous and he they wanted to do their best to silence him and take away his livelihood um, and the thing is, I look at a person like Kyrie, and we're going to get into Kyrie in a minute, but I want to go to, to 2020. Okay. 
in the bubble. Now, from Lake Laker perspective, yo, AD was on his business. LeBron was on his business. We had a great team. We had KCP. We had the twin towers of um, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. We had Kuz. We had Rondo uh, being a floor general. We had a great team. We also had a great opportunity because, you know, LeBron, he got to rest up for a few months. But I want to ask you guys this, and this is a nasty hypothetical. When Jacob Blake, outside of, you know, in uh, what Kenosha, outside of Milwaukee, or in Milwaukee, um, not too far away from, like, 45 minutes uh, from, you know, Milwaukee. When he got shot, Jacob Blake, the Bucks said, yo, fuck this. We're not playing. Like, we're not going to play a game after just witnessing this. This is after George Floyd, and this is in the bubble. The Bucks said, we're not playing. They're supposed to play uh, the Orlando Magic. And they, in protest, they said, nah, we're not playing that game. And what it what led to it, and KB, I'm going to get to you in a second. What led to it was all the players stood in solidarity. Now, there were reports that LeBron was against protests he was against them leaving the bubble because that was there were some discussions by that based upon reports but the players got on the phone with governors got on the phone with obama what ended up coming out of it was there was no more games played on election day also all of the i believe all of the arenas got became uh available for polling stations giving the people chance to uh, that is correct that is that is correct that is correct they yeah they became polling places and (laughs) yeah they became polling places they became polling places now this was the bucks doing that's that started this this was Giannis when he he was mvp Giannis at this time He's going to win a title a year later. So this, so the Bucks had what were a team that had a legit chance at winning the title, folks. My question to you, uh, KB, I want to start with you and go around. Let's say Jacob Blake got shot in in Southern California, and the Lakers said, "Where was the team that said fuck this? We're, nah, we're not playing no fucking games." Uh, we're not going to entertain folks and folk and people in not too far away from at the time the Staples Center um, is getting shot uh, by police. Let's say LeBron or AD said, no, we're not playing. You as a Laker fan, we have a chance to win a title. We ultimately win the title in 2020. How are you? How would you feel as a Laker fan if we were if the team was willing to say, sacrifice chance at winning a championship because of a situation like that um if it's for a good well, i will say if it's for a good cause and i mean i mean championships come and go but your life you, you know you gotta live so um and you just gotta stand up for what you believe in so i mean ultimately i'd say if that's what they ultimately believe in would it suck as a fan of the lakers for them not to try to win the championship yes but then again the cause for the reason not doing so i think would be justified so I would be mad at first thinking as a fan, but then again, as a human being, 
you don't know what these athletes are going through. Um, for example, I know this is totally off topic because we're talking about basketball. Um, for football, the documentary quarterback that's on Netflix. I'm watching that as we not as we speak, but I'm watching that like on my days like when I'm coming home. Like you tend to find out exactly what these athletes are going through mentally, physically. Um, so if that were to happen, I don't know what the Bucks or how they were thinking at the time, but I know that they wanted to make a statement and they did. So if the Lakers did so, um, I would honor it. Uh, I'd be pissed off as a fan. I'd say it first, but I mean, just as a black man, um, something like that happens. You just you got to take a stand. So if it happens at the cost of a championship, so be it. So can I give us a little bit of background? So um, I, know the, I know the background, a little bit of the background of it, because um, I <laughs> that election I helped. Uh, so, yeah, um, that was part of the negotiations. Um, I, there was a little bit back and forth on who asked for what at first LeBron was like, fuck it, I'm gone. And then at, fir- at first it was like, no, I don't, I, uh, we could play, let's figure it out. And then at, then once they got in the meeting, I guess. Yeah, that was the meeting they, thing. They, I was about to yeah, ask you. Yep. They finally meet, met together, all the teams, and then word got out. I don't know if anybody, Chris Haynes uh, posted it, because um, somebody recently talked about it. But Chris Haynes posted how um, the Lakers and the Clippers both was like, both voted to not keep going in the bubble and everybody everybody else so they got outvoted pretty much so they didn't want to stay in the bubble and they said for the reason of activism and i i the word is that within those teams the majority was the majority and they didn't tell who voted for what but they pretty much was like the lakers and clippers majority of the lakers or clippers fans would have rather um, lakers or clippers players rather not play but obama got on the phone with <laughs> with Bron and a lot of them cp all of them and um the negotiate came out so i'm ha- as a laker fan i would have i would have been okay with them um not getting in the championship um because that was a worthy cause what what happened shook me so but what came from it i i i loved every bit of it because I'm sorry. I, I could be. I'm the outside looking in. Um, that's the difference between them having this was literally, and y'all gonna see probably soon enough with an indictment. <laughs> wow, pivotal, pivotal. Another one uh, that was <laughs> that was for them to be in Atlanta, and you're gonna with the Georgia. Um, I forgot where the the stadium. Yes, is, what it's called, but. That whole that's going to be the epicenter of what y'all going to see about and hear about that whole situation and that, but that them being able to do that was the difference between us having a Biden administration or a Trump administration. Literally, that those that LeBron James and them and those players, but just I ain't going to just say LeBron James. Those players making those negotiation literally was the difference between Trump being in office. Or Biden being in office—that's how pivotal, uh, pivotal that was for that to happen. So it's one of those things. Like I'm glad what came from it, but if if the protest would have had to happen for it to be pushed along, then hey, you 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 give up a championship, and then that it is what it is. But I felt like they were never going to do that. They were going to find a 
find a way because there was a lot of money that they was going to lose. So they was like, nah, we got to figure this out. Absolutely. So it and out. I want to shout out and I want to shout out the and I and I want to shout out the Atlanta Dream because of the work that they did, the Atlanta Dream and the WNBA when it Bring came to the Fantastic. WNBA yes. ran with that, man. They were fantastic. When it came to getting yep. Warnack and what's what's the other guy? What's the other guy and uh the other senator? Warnock, when it came uh, to those two uh, runoff Raphael elections. Warnock and yeah, Warnock and um Ossoff. Mm. Yes, when WNBA did their work. Um but yeah, it's you know, it's one of those things where it's just like I'm just wondering, like, where do we draw the line as fans? Like, it's like us as black people, us as black people, a black person in America, we have to love everything that players are doing when it comes to um, activism. But then when it comes to the fandom, like, you know, you know, we already brought him up, Kyrie Irving. I want to start with Tone on this. You know, Kyrie Irving, a lot of folks see him as a cancer to a team. And, you know, there's been this recent, you know, there's been this recent thing, right? Um, and it's a graphic that's been floating around Twitter. And I can tell you, this is really the, the spark uh, for this week's conversation. It was, who is missed? Now, they used this as a way to, and I knew, Don, I think you, I saw you commented on it. It was a way to tell people to shut the fuck up when it comes to AD. It was pretty much who has missed the most games. I think since like 2018 or 2019 and it's like Kyrie is on the list. Uh, Kawhi is on the list. KD, AD is on the list. And like, there's like players that has missed more games. So it's like, well, AD shouldn't get all the smoke because these there are other players that have missed significantly more games than, um, than AD. But the thing with Kyrie is that on that, he's on that list, but a big port, he probably wouldn't have made that top five graphic if it wasn't for him sitting out for the the vaccine. The vaccine, right. Yeah. Now, Tone, I'm going to get to you. Um, when Kyrie decided to sit out for the, uh, now, the backstory is the New York City, the city of New York put out a mandate that you, if you're a performer, and you live in the city, you must be vaccinated to perform in places uh, like large venues, right? And Nulan, I know you uh, still live in the city. I haven't lived there in a few years. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, I ironically, the mandate didn't. It was it didn't apply to people that were visiting. It was only if you lived in the city. So Kyrie refusing to get the vaccine. He um, he became ineligible based upon the New York City mandates. It wasn't anything uh, on the NBA that the NBA did. It was a city ordinance by the uh, city of New York. Now, Tony, when t- Kyrie, when it was first reported that Kyrie was going to miss games, or you know, because at first they was thinking, oh, he'll only play road games. The owner of the team said, "Nah, if you not if instead of do that, just sit out." What was your what was what were you thinking when Kyrie was missing those games because of the vaccine? 
Um, I have to be honest. Again, it's like in my immature mind, I'm just like, fuck, I'm trying to understand this kid. I'm like, you know, do you want what's best for your team? Okay, well, basketball is not your first priority or the NBA, the entertainment aspect of it is not your first priority. Trying to understand him, you know, kind of, again, standing up for what he believes in and things of that nature. But look now in hindsight, when they ended up letting him play anyway, I, I think still without taking the vaccine to this day, it's like all of that vitriol, all of that drama that you tried to pin on him that he quote unquote caused, where do you take culpability now? Where do you, City of New York and, you know, um, Brooklyn Nets organization, where do you guys hold the accountability? Because, I mean, they really ripped this kid apart for that. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, in in a way, try to make it seem like it cost him the season so much. So isn't that the same season where they were like a first round exit? They got swept by Boston, if I'm not mistaken. I um, believe so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're going to attribute that to the time he spent away from the team. Mind you, every time he comes in post-injury, uh, post whatever new drama he got going on, Shawty's still a killer the last time I checked. But again, it's just like, I don't, I don't, I, me personally, I wouldn't even know. Going back to the question you proposed before, almost like, is it their responsibility? Because they make up majority um, African Americans for their, you know, for this specified league. I don't fucking know. But like Nudon said, I know this kid has the heart for it. So I really appreciate the fact, again, that he didn't um, waver. You know, he stood firmly on, again, what he believed in. Um, but I, I think it's just it's it, it, it's kind of unfair, like I said, especially now where we are now in hindsight is still technically not a requirement. You know, what I'm saying he's still doing what he loves to do. He's still getting paid for it. So all that hoopla and again, the negative spotlight that they try to create, you know, to kind of turn, you know, whether it was the media, whether it was the fans, again, whether it was state le- uh, legislators, um, ownership the negative spotlight you tried to create for this kid, it means nothing now. And one thing I can say I kind of disagreed with was I think in the end, I don't know, did he create an apology for that or something? Or I wasn't sure. I'm not sure. For, if it was, for what? Which one? The the vaccine? I wasn't the, sure if it was the vaccine or the video, but I remember he so put he, out like he, an okay. apology. He did the yeah, apology so he, for the, for he, the he, anti-Semitic. He, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So okay. my thing, my thing is so with Kyrie and the vaccine. So I'm I'm an, uh, I'm a New York native, um, and I live here. So in hindsight, you're right; it was a bad idea. Um, but this is me also putting on my government hat, um, okay. and also putting on my military hat because uh, I was prior service. Um, right. They force you to do vaccines. Um, yeah. I understand everybody's view on vaccines. Uh, so I'm not going to get into an argument about like what you believe in the vaccine wise, but th- I mean, the rule was the rule. He took whatever he was take. I thought everybody handled it bad. I thought you could have found a middle ground for him. The middle ground was actually, Hey, he plays half the season and they ultimately got to that point, but it took him a minute to get to that point. And that's where it just was bad from no, it just got bad and worse. It was a snowball effect. And then the anti-Semitic, I always felt like me, uh, uh born always we used to kind of not go at it but we used to talk back and forth about it and i always contend that i understand why he didn't apologize 
but it's those moments where you be like, hey, man, sometimes it's okay to apologize when you don't really mean it just to move the conversation along. Because I knew what he was trying to say. I knew mm-hmm. what he was trying to do, but they weren't getting it and they weren't listening to you. So because they weren't getting in and they weren't listening to you and you really wasn't being able to be fully coherent about it, it was better to just do what he finally did was like, hey, I apologize. I didn't mean that because that's really what it was. He didn't mean I don't think he ever had a malice bone in his body to of be course. malice. I don't think so. I've seen this right. guy like before when people when the um when the uh when the uh Native American tribe uh, that he's a part of was going through Standy Rock, um, was going through what they were going through. He was there with them and he was, yeah. he was, he was marching with them and moving with them and, um, was, was cared, caring for them. And I remember right. those, I remember those moments with Kyrie and right. it, it was one of those things that I felt like Kyrie, there was just a moment where Kyrie could have just stepped back, kind of looked at everything. And I think he finally did it and was like, yeah, man, I really didn't mean to hurt nobody's feelings. So that's what he, yeah. that's what he ultimately came out and said. He should have said from the beginning, if he would have, I think he would have got they still the heat. Cause you know, the, the Republicans was going to, yeah, everybody was going to beat on him. That's what's going to happen. Pause. But, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but what was, what he should have just done was apologize, say, hey, that's not my intentions. My intentions wasn't that. And then moved on from there. And that that, that was that was it. But uh, I, I just he's a mercurial person. So that's just that's Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's why I said sometimes I do. I empathize with them so much because that is a very hard line for me to t- uh, to teeter. You know what I'm saying? Again, going back to the vaccine, it's like. Do I do what's best for my team, our cohesive cohesiveness, the success, um, you know, later down the season? Or do I stand firm for what I believe for my own health, you know, my own body, my own family? And it's like, yeah, come on, guys. Again, you we said it within this conversation. They're human beings. That is going to take precedence or priority over, you know what I'm saying, a game and a, and a check, especially because I make XX amount of dollars. I'm not going to suffer. I may not be where I exactly want to be, but I'm not going to suffer. So I have to, I have to, as a man, you know, you, it's God, I hate to trash y'all. Y'all quit to use that term, you know, or that phrase as a man, you know what I'm saying? Where, where, where do you go? What direction do you turn, you turn in? You're less of a man. If I, if I feel like, you know, I'm doing this all for the wrong reasons, you know, I, I feel more of a man. I feel more cemented in my purpose if I do it, you know, if I'm aiming towards a higher ground. Again, my family, my own health, you know, my own my own positioning politically, whatever, however you want to cement it, spiritually, you know, however you want to categorize it or label it. But um, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not against his decision. Again, like you said, Nudon, in certain aspects, it's just the way either side handles it. The 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 people who hate it you know, the ownership, you know, whose bottom line it affects and the man himself who's in the center of it. Um, and Rebel, before you go ahead and continue, I don't know if we have time to kind of throw this in there. Again, one of the things I feel like I'm knowledge- knowledgeable about is and his cancer, because he's one of the main ones who likes to poke the bear when it comes to these guys. And I do not get his end goal. I do not get his aim- end game. I don't understand exactly, you know, I, I don't know what, 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 what is it that he, He's trying to do here. Was it worth his sacrifice as a C-level celebrity athlete or whatever you want to call it? Um, yeah, you, you know the thing with Ennis Cantor, 
Um, he he's from Turkey. Um, he's in exile from Turkey because of him being outspoken. But um, yeah, he just born you know, don't sugarcoat of, it. Born, born don't sugarcoat. He became it. a right. He became he he's became a, a right winger. Yeah, he's a grift. Yeah, real it's a quick. Grift. Yeah, it's a grift. No, let me let me explain to you real quick what. This Go is. for it. He is grifting because he sees where the money is. When you see yeah. these guys go right wing, sometimes you got to ask if they are really white wingers or are they tr- in it for the money? And that's yeah. where you find the line. That's yeah. where you find the line. Some of them is only down for the cause because they're getting paid. And Ennis Cantor is down for the cause because he gets a weekly talking to uh, <laughs> from from Fox News. So let's it's it's too it's but, it's, it's well, a lot of nuance to it, but Enos you know, Cantor is in a different in, in <laughs> he's in a grifting mode. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's kind of hilarious though, because if you think about it, he needs to be employed in order to keep his exile. So mm. who's his employer now? If it's not the Fo- NBA. it's Fox. Like he said, yeah. right. Like New Don said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I already looked it up. It's Fox. He, he works and for Fox. Why I kind of brought him up to conti- contribute to this conversation, although he's not, you know, like we said, he's not, he doesn't make up the majority of the NBA. But look at where, can I blame him? Again, he's tech, not an American citizen, but he has his rights while he is here. You know what I'm saying? He's a citizen he's... now. He's a he's a citizen. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he he, he got his citizenship. Yeah, he got his yeah, citizenship. And then that's citizen. when he went. He went straight as Damn. soon as he got it. He said, <laughs> right, right, right. He went right, right. Because I wondered why it was so abrupt too. I thought it was just more of his the downfall of his NBA career, but it, it all well, makes sense in totality. Literally, right after he got his citizenship, because they made a big two dollars. Same day, and then he ended up on Fox News that, that same insane. day and went on a trash like he. Like and he couches okay. it as well. He he couches it as I love America more than y'all Americans, and it's that like I, so I feel sick. like I feel I always feel so like when sick. people say that to us, that means you don't know you have not lived your whole life in America and you have not experienced don't know the half. America as a minority. So when you mm. experience America as a minority, it's a lot different than coming from Turkey. I get what you got going on in Turkey and what's going on right. with you in Turkey. And I'm uh, my heart bleeds for him because right. his family is actually going through something and he got to go through something. But when you take the tilt that you take in and try to make everybody seem like they're less American because they don't kiss the boot of America, I, I just can't vibe with it. And that's where he's at. So it is what it yeah. is with Anus. Um, but again, you know, it's like contributing to that conversation, like I said, for these players, it's like, again, for him, he has the right as a citizen, but it's like now look at his beliefs and the things that he stands for. It doesn't correlate with what the NBA or the direction that they want to go in. You know what I'm saying? Or I think majority of the fans even believe in, but, you know, is he technically, is he wrong? Again, he's reserved that right. It's as disgusting as it is. He's reserved that right just as much as anyone else. But he's not out the league because of that. He's out the league because he's terrible at basketball. Yeah. As long as he knows. Um, as long as he I don't knows. think yeah. that's what he's trying to make it sound like. He's trying to make it sound like he's out of the league because of his activism. No, you're out the league because you're terrible at basketball. Yeah. You know, one of the things, um, circling back to Kyrie, I want to say this regarding the vaccine thing to to close that part up with the guard. You know, 
this is on the CDC government website the, about the Tuskegee experiments. And I quote exact words from the website. Tuskegee experiment conducted between 1932 and 1972 to observe history of untreated syphilis. As part of the study, researchers did not collect informed consent from participants and did not offer treatment, even after it was widely available. Um, folks, these were black folks that were getting infected with syphilis, un left untreated, and then when the vaccines and the treatments were available, they didn't let them know. And that was one of the big reasons why Kyrie was like, hey, we need to question this vaccine thing. It's a funny pass when it comes to black folks and uh, vaccines uh, in this country. And I... Yeah. Born a lot now, of the CDC... Now, uh, yeah. Just to, real quick, just to break off of that, a lot of the CDC rules on how they go about testing these things is because of that mistake because yes Clinton later on had to apologize for those mistakes that they they've made and and, and I'm, i don't want to call them mistakes what they purposely did yes and and he had to apologize for what they purposely did i don't want to call it a mistake it was not a mistake america knew what they was doing they did it and he had to apologize for it but a lot of the cdc rules the reason why they can't they can't based do upon. a lot of those things is based upon those things that they did to us so not exactly using it but no not that's where the pred yeah that's the predicate of it in the uh, in it, it's it's a terrible history but it needs to be learned so you know it's a it's need to be learned and one of the things that i didn't appreciate about Kyrie when he was doing that was that you know what he was informing a lot of people that did not know about that history that, that were ignorant to it and yeah is he a pain in the ass um absolutely but the brother is a thinker. It's just, I think Kyrie is in a minority. He's in a, he's literally one of one because he's willing to take on this mantle where he's like, hey, yes, when I'm at work, I wear a jersey, but I'm really a freedom fighter. Um, now, how, how he goes about it, you can question. He could definitely articulate himself better. Uh, to convey his message, but you know when the fucking CDC has this on a website, it definitely it's like oh it it kind of makes me understand that yeah we had we as black people when it came to that that vaccine mandate yeah or when it came to the vaccine in general like you know what yes now I'm personally vaccinated um, but I educated myself. You know, I made sure because I knew about the Tuskegee experiment. I was like, okay, okay, what's up? And then now I waited when I found when I got vaccinated after I found out and there was news reports that rich white folks were flying across the country to cut the line to um to get vaccinated. So I was like, oh, okay. When rich white folks start saying, oh no, I'm cutting the line, I was like, yes, I'm right behind you. I what's funny is that was. 
That's what yep. I waited for too. I waited for the. <laughs> yeah. I waited for them to be like, okay, yeah. When the rich white folks go grab it, that's what I'm gonna go on ahead and go. Exactly. They, they ain't gonna put no poison in their body. I showed up though. They ain't gonna do that. They, maybe they do, but I don't know. I don't know. I was like, I waited for them, but I didn't get my kids done because I, I, I read again. This is reading up on it. It's not that I'm against vaccine. They just don't need it. So I'm like, I'm not. Sh- again, my kids hate shots. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit there and hold my kid during the shot. So when my when my son had to get go to the hospital and he was like, yeah, he's done with shots for now for the next couple of years, unless you want the vaccine. I was like, no, nah, I don't feel like holding them. It, it was pure laziness. It was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> so it's like, no, nah, you don't need it. No, nah. but I, I did do my research. People don't don't think I did. And I did do my research on it. Yeah. Kids are, uh, kids are, kids are less. Yeah, they're very less successful to yeah. it. They don't have no underlying issues. So I was like, eh, whatever. But that's that's my that's my choice. I have underlying issues. My wife has underlying issues. So it it's it it makes sense for us to have gotten it. We got it at the same time. Um, but our kids, no. Our oldest kids have because they went to they're going to college and stuff. So they they did. But our younger kids, nah. They we gonna let them decide when they want to do it, and that's. That's on them, but yeah, I was with you on hey. that, born. I was like, "Hey, man, <laughs> oh, Bill Gates and them got it." Oh, uh, yep. uh, uh-huh. when, when it was real, it was real for me when when uh, when the president got it. When uh, when they, I was waiting, not not the not the not Biden. I was waiting for uh, forty five. Yeah, yeah, when forty five got it, I was like, "Oh, it's clean. It's good." You know, <laughs> let's, can let's I go get can it. I push back though a bit here? Go ahead. Go ahead. That's, so, that's you, Tony. So, yeah. So the so there is something that's like a red flag in this in this situation, and it's kind of like it ties into the activism. It's who has the power. If you think about it, there are these these NBA players are taking up a role that's better suited for, like, say, a politician to a certain extent. Like the scrutiny, the scrutiny of what they say has weight and sometimes if they're ill-informed has consequences so for instance if 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 let's say Kyrie says hey don't get the vaccine just don't get it it's different to say that and by by the way that's not what he said but he said that nobody is nobody should force somebody to take a vaccine that's his words if you view that that makes sense. But the problem with Kyrie, and there's a lot of athletes like that, is that they their articulation falls short. Like it's it's and that's where it creates this this storm, this this problem. And it's like it's not it's not the thing that activism and being a play and being an NBA player, I feel like that's that should be done deal you you have a voice use it you have a platform use it you you have viewership use it followers etc 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 no problem with that what's scary is when you have not the entire information for instance what happened with with the with with the video you know what and, and then after that how he reacted to it how because that could have been nipped in the bud like instantly but he decided to take the the weird route. He decided to take the weird route for every single thing, and it's 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 his character. It, that's fine. 
But when they have that level of power or slash influence, that's where it's that's where I have issues with the whole activism and NBA players. Like, so it's not necessarily the messengers, kind of their message per se. Basically, so so it's like saying like if if their message is not on point, it could lead to a worse situation. Misinformation, misinformation. Or, or basically, like they're misinterpreting what they're trying to say, and then you have to like I get that evaluate it. It's like if if LeBron James comes comes out with a cryptic tweet, a tweet, and the tweet is like, "Oh my god!" Like he's saying, like he's he's pro China. Like what I'm trying to get at is like, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, well, it's well, Tony, you're making a you're making a great point. I get and that I, your your pushback is not that hard of a pushback. I'm little disappointed in that but uh, <laughs> i just well maybe, maybe not no. I, I, I just wanted to cement yeah. that part yeah. also yeah but what you, what you got to notice is in a lot of activism there's an educator there somewhere it, it, it's usually either that's why I, you might have seen my face when i was like when you said politician i was like eh. i'd rather have an educator there um one of the politicians out in california i forgot her name her name's slipping my mind right now. Porter, I believe. She does a lot of she y'all gotta watch actually C-SPAN and when she does it. She oh, the Congresswoman. She's Congresswoman out of California. And she does a lot yeah. of education. I yeah. she, she, yep. she's one of those politicians that I would like. Okay, cool, because she's an educator. I want an educator out there. And what that's what you're saying. The articulation is gone. And that's what you if you notice in all those pictures and everything like that, if you listen to a lot of those books and read those books about the activism, there was always some kind of educator there or they were the educator. Like either like Martin was a he he, he went through through school. He went through college. He, he's learned and these guys go through college and they educate. And I'm not saying they're ignorant in a sense but you're right their articulation of the 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 vocabulary uh the the english language is not always great so when it's not great and not coherent that's when you could pick it apart and then when you can pick it apart that's when you mean why if he if if lebron james had a educator there to tell him hey and that kind of coincide with what i said earlier like that's that thread line of knowledge and that's where i don't want to then cancel that person i don't want to cancel like you said just Kyrie because of his what we thought was anti-semitic even though i knew and a lot of people knew he didn't have a vicious bone in his body you educate a Kyrie right th- at that moment you don't denigrate him you don't you don't shun him you say hey man i don't think you really know what this is about let me right. educate you my brother on this a little bit more and be able to articulate that's why i think by the time he got to his apology he was educated on it and he was like yeah, oh, a little bit more that's how tony's i point, made y'all upset it, to tony's point goes. with with great power like i love to say yeah I, y'all know <laughs> i fucking love spider-man with great power comes great responsibility sweetheart and you guys can more than afford these resources. So I, I definitely agree with both of you. Like kind of like a, a nice bottom line is like you have the re- you have the affordable resources, you have the outlets, educate yourself appropriately first before you put out any message because it can be easily misinterpreted, easily weaponized, and you can easily spread mi- misinformation. I understand that's not what anyone's goal is, you know, most likely, hopefully. Not in his canter, but hopefully. 
Yeah, and and that's so and and just wanted to put a bow on this. Like that's also the part where these athletes and I think the NBA they have the tools, the correct eyeballs to kind of propagate a, a message. So once they do that, they have to be clear that's the correct message. So always like, and, and, and I'll say this to anybody who's listening to this. When you see a tweet, when you see some sort of news, when you see anything, at least I'm not saying, and, and everybody is rightful to have their own opinion. They have their right. It's just inform yourself, take a seat back, and don't let Twitter or any other outlet influence you to the point where it's like, that's a fact. You know, like like anything in life, absorb the information and make a conclusion. But absorb Absolutely. every information. That's absolutely, that's absolutely, Tony. And uh, you know what? Look, there is so much more. Like, there is so much more. I think we're going to turn this. This is a part one of our athletes and activism. Um, next week for episode, I know for the rest of August, episode seven and eight, uh, it's going to be about Kobe. Um, next week uh, for episode seven, we got. Lakers guru from late night Lake show uh, episode eight. We got a very special project that we're working on called a love letter to Kobe, but this act, this athletes and activism, we're going to, we're going to have to do part two sometime in September. Cause there's so much more. We haven't even gotten into HBCUs and we've been talking so much when it comes to race that we haven't even talked about gender because, you know, there's a whole lot to say, about what the you know from a DEI standpoint with what's happening in Texas, the fucking governor in Texas, uh, governor of Texas, saying hey, don't include, don't let diversity be a factor um, when it comes to hiring. Uh, we haven't talked about Florida. We haven't talked about Alabama, Arkansas. Uh, just today, it was um, you know there's reports in Arkansas how AP African American Studies is no longer get it they're no longer um giving full credit for ap african-american studies but european studies are so there's a lot here because i definitely want to get into the gender element of it and equality there but my last question and i want to give it to kb because kb just been chilling for the longest time before uh we move on and wrap this show this episode up but kb we saw jalen jalen brown we saw him get the 30, I think 303, 304 for five years. We see AD got the three-year extension for 186. So the max salaries now are start are in that 62 million dollar range. Mm-hmm. Tone just said it come great power, come great responsibility. With these players now getting more money than ever. Jalen Brown is going to get more money in a year and a half from this extension than Michael Jordan made his entire career. <laughs> I I want to ask you, do you think with the money that these players are making, we're going to they will feel empowered to speak out more? Or do you think it's like, yo, I got a chance to make money for that my great grandchildren won't have to work? Let me just make this bag. Do you think we're going to see more activism or we'll see less? 
I think more. And I think with that question, I think uh, Brown would probably be the perfect player to do both um, generational money and then also to do like, you know, be part of the activism. Um, with that, uh, yeah, so I'd say more. Uh, the reason why is because they have that much money and they can start something and build something. Um, corporations, organizations, um, and stuff like that for their community. Um, I think Brown did make a comment about wanting to do, you know, uh, the Black Wall Street that was um, that was tore down in Oklahoma. Uh, so I think he said he wanted to build that back up in Boston. Yep, I don't know why. Yep. In, in Tulsa, yeah. So I don't know why he wanted to do it in Boston when I was. I don't know if this is right, New Don, but I heard that Boston is probably one of the most racist places to, uh, you know, it's pretty racist over there. So I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, they've they've they're know. moving into a different direction, but Boston mm-hmm. has been in the past. In the uh, past, I don't want to okay. say mm-hmm. really big. Now it's moving in a different direction. I haven't been to Boston in a while. The time I went, they were moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't tell you if they move it still in that direction, but you know, the wheels of <laughs> the wheels of racism in America slow move slow, but it do move. So right. I mean we might get to utopia when our kids' kids are around, but uh as of right now, we're gonna have to deal with a little bit of racism sprinkled around. Well, you know, but no, yeah, exactly. Bo- so, Boston yeah, Boston has a history. It has a yeah. history. I don't know. Yeah, it, history. there's definitely it's a history there. I was I was there three years ago, so it didn't seem I didn't feel like it was racist, but I haven't wanted to live down there long enough to experience it. So Me too. it's been yeah. it was about five years ago that I was there, and it's about that's the last time I was there. And yeah, I didn't feel it. I didn't see hey, it or feel it nah, like I felt I in other say- places. Even Marcus Smart, I believe, like some uh, somewhat of like an exit interview or uh, intro interview he's done for Memphis, he's spoken about, you know, still some of the things he's went through, even as a, you know, a prominent figure in Boston. So, you know, I get that, you know, maybe we don't feel it, but I think on the on the grand scheme or like oh, yeah, platform. Oh, it's definitely there. still there. Like it, mm-hmm. it was yeah. like that in Milwaukee, like Milwaukee is still they're getting progressive, but still Utah. Yeah, Utah parts of New York is the same way. There's parts of New York I will not go to. There's still sundown towns in America, so it's like, yep, it's right. I mean, but and, and all in all, I'm just glad. I mean, when he said he wanted to build the Black Wall Street back up, that's a good, that's a good idea, uh, Zen. So, I mean, with that, I think it'd be both, uh, more so for AD. I never really seen him as being become an activist, he's been more like just focused on his game and being better. So. I would say on a game's perspective for basketball, AD has to step up. AD has no room, no room to be like he wasn't given the opportunity. Like he got that extension. Now you have to be the man. So that's right in that. So, yep. Well, all right. Well, you know, it still comes down to what you do on the court. But, hey, we'll see if uh, if these guys will feel empowered with this, with the money that they're getting to uh, speak out more because uh, – we definitely need it as a society. Um, but look, this has been one great conversation. Definitely, we're going to do a part two because um, there's still so much more. Uh, but, you know, one of the last things we like to ask our guests, and uh, as we wrap things up, Nudon, um, is what we're watching. What are we watching on TV, on movies? We know there's still the Hollywood strike going on with the writers and the actors time to catch up on streaming on you know on our watch list and then there's some new shows coming out but uh what are you watching new don all right so i am so winning time is on so 
I'm catch winning time when that's on. Um, I seen the last episode. I'm about to see the next tonight will be that. Um, um, I probably won't catch it tonight. Um, but um, I am going to catch up to um, what's the one? Because there's been some terrible. Let me just tell you what terrible stuff I watch, and which has turned <laughs> me off. The Blackening, terrible. Mm. Uh, the um, uh, this Flash movie. I, it was terrible. Um, so I've been jaded by. Wait, wait, wait! Oh, you know what I'm gonna watch? The Blackening supposed to be a comedy type, but you wasn't feeling it. I didn't know what it was. My wife <laughs> warned. She was like, "This movie is bad," and I was like, uh, "You know, I liked all types of movies. No, I couldn't. I couldn't get through it." But what I am going to get ready to watch is I have not finished up. Um, Secret Wars or Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion. I've seen episode one and then I've been caught up. Uh, I've been caught up to it. So I, I know it's done. So I, that's what I'm going to like it's, stick down and, it's a and watch. It's a I, somebody told me and I was like, okay, I'll I'll give it a second. And it, it's, I'll watch it's it. more, here's the thing. It's a more appreciated if you view it as a movie. So basically like just so watch it, watch straight it through. just straight through. It makes more sense that way than just. I just want to get through all these episodes, and I want to get. I already seen Guardians of the Galaxy, so it is what it is. But I want to get to. I'm waiting for Loki. That's what I'm waiting for to come out. So when Loki comes out, I'll do that. And the other Rebel movie, uh, Star Wars movie, that's what I'm be watching. So a lot of Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no, with uh, we spoke about this a couple are, weeks ago. Are they a sponsor? <laughs> No, not I yet, wish. not yet. We but wish. they, hey, they God better. Damn. As much as we say the word "fuck" on here, we dare better get Disney as a sponsor. Um, no, but you know what? The thing with Secret Invasion is going to be one of those things where, when this whole phase, because I think, uh, what the first Avengers movie is the Kang uh, Dynasty, and the next one is Secret Wars. I have a feeling that we will have a deeper appreciation for secret invasion after one secret wars comes out or the or that phase continues we're like oh shit this was like well king well king will be yeah king's going to be in that in that dynasty of secret wars so secret wars and then he'll be in parts of that yeah yeah so it it feels like an epilogue yeah Mm -hmm. so is is it me and, and we'll probably have this conversation at some point, probably in a prologue, prologue, or in or in a podcast, but mm-hmm. it are we are we really sure that Kang is like the evil, like the, because this can, and I'm not saying the actor, the actor is doing a great job. But I'm just saying like that dude making money. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that 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 villain is the all powerful. I, I, <laughs> I don't think, know. It's just I it's think, just not like you know like what I they, think they had Thanos like up here. And yeah. now that that it's Ken seems like just like the foot soldiers. Like they're saying, he's like more the, powerful than than Thor. Than I know, Thanos, I know. Which is funny. I just, so I, I think just he's going. Yeah. I think, I think, I think what they're trying to do is build him. So oh, okay. like he's not, he's not, he's like a weaker king. So then he's going to just elevate up to this more stronger king, I right? Because there's different versions of his time. Version yeah. I think is as stuff oh. starts to like maneuver. Then that's when I think they're going to be like, oh, he's getting. So, uh, I, perfect example to that, uh, New Don. If anybody has watched the movie The One with uh, Jet, Jet Li, 
Remember when all of his past selves were dying and he kept on absorbing their energy and power? I think that's what it's going to be for Kang. So, because he has different parts through time. So, the more people that yeah, die, that the stronger the stronger they get. Yeah, that might be the case. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think I'm with Rebel with the whole... Ep- I think this is a whole epilogue. I think this is okay. going to be... I think we're going to have to watch this bad boy through, which is... I don't know. I'm not into the silly humor uh, all the time with the Avengers. It's like, this is a serious yeah. moment. The world is blowing up, and y'all want to chuckle and laugh. Uh, it, it just gets weird. Man. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how the hell you can make it a, a joke when he said, I am inevitable. And then he said, I am Iron Man. I'm like, bro, I started laughing right when he said that shit. I'm like, bro, come on, man. man. But yeah, um, it just depends. Tony, what are you watching? Don't judge me for one. I'm so uh, out of I'm judging. <laughs> and I'm so like old school. I don't really like watch TV. TV watches me from time to time. I might indulge and binge watch some stuff. But right now, I've been watching a lot of Everybody Loves Raymond <laughs> for okay. whatever reason. That shit is oh, funny. Wow. It <laughs> that is. That shit is funny as hell. Yeah. Um, and SWAT. I've never watched the OG LL uh, movie. I planned on it though, because I didn't even realize it correlated LL to cool the Netflix J. series. Right. Mm-hmm. Listen, I love me some LL Cool J as an actor, but um, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to him. Um, but yeah, um, I'm enjoying the series a little bit. I like a lot of cr- the little crime dramas, um, fictional dramas or whatever. So it's it's been fun. I can't really think of anything else. I'm interested in watching Twisted Metal. So I have Peacock. That's like the main streaming service I use. Um, My Twisted wife said it was Metal. good. Oh, she it looks so fucking it. good. Do yeah, y'all remember the PlayStation good. for back in the day when we were younger? Sure do. Sure I do. fucking used to love I used to be scared of it. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, I used to love <laughs> the it. The clown head car. <laughs> exactly. You hit it right on the head. You're on it gave pop. me it vibes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I like Anthony Mackie a lot. So I, I said I'm going to try to pick it up one of these days. So that's about it for me. Don't worry All about right. it. Resident, the first Resident Evil scared the shit out of me as a kid. Hey, so, <laughs> hey, um, I knew Don. I do have a question for you because you are a f- fellow WWE head. How are you feeling oh. about the bloodline? So, <laughs> I feel like they they don't know what they want to do. Even though if they had a good enough writer, they would be able to stretch this thing out. But. I don't know what's up with. I don't know if that was fake or if he's really gone or going to eight. I heard so many different rumors of Jey Uso going to like AEW or something else. So it's like, uh, what's going to happen? But I like that storyline. But I wish, I wish they would have gave. How I wish they would have done, and I wrote this. Mm -hmm. I wish Jey Uso would have won. Then you let Roman go off to vacation for a a couple months Uh to like WrestleMania, maybe. And mm-hmm. let the four brother, three brothers, fight it out all the time. Just mm. keep four. Try to be the try to be the um, the tribal chief. They fight it out trying to be the tribal chief, and then like have just a family turmoil for a while, and then have Roman Reigns come back to clean everything back up and get them all back together. I thought you could have went any direction, but I don't know where they're going with this. You know what? Look, we'll watch it. This, this is the best storyline. I've been watching WWE what 30 years. I go back to Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, one, two, three kid. 
this is the best storyline. I, I am enjoying this as mm. an adult. And it's just like, holy shit. Now, when the thing, when uh, Jimmy kicked Jay and cost him the match at SummerSlam, it was like, yo, what the hell? That didn't make any sense. But when Jimmy's like, yo, you know, I didn't want you to become an asshole like Roman. I was like, okay, okay, okay. It, cool. all made, it made sense. It made, yeah, it sense. made sense. And yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm like, if, if Jay, where do they take the storyline? I still think it comes back to The Rock. I still think it's like, okay, Solo, you're, you got your two brothers that's been, um, that's that turned on you. You got your cousin that turned on you. Your whole family that's in the your family that's in the WWE, they've turned on you. You say, yo, fuck it. And then shit. Like, you know, who else who else is out there? I, I think at some point The Rock says, Okay, you know what? No, no, no. You got more family. Let's let's even the playing field. Something tells me it's going to be bloodline. It's gonna be bloodline versus bloodline at Survivor Series. Um I, I don't know if they bring up the rock starter. I don't like because you know they got a whole bunch of uh members of that family in the indies. It'll just be really interesting what they do. It's a dope storyline. I enjoy it. Um, you know, cool to get some WWE talk. Um, Tony, ball mojito. What you watching, man? Uh I just finished up watching uh Superman Lewis. Like the first three seasons, it's uh, I, I binge watched it. It's on it's on Max. Was it um, the animated or the real life? No, that's the that's the real life. It's yeah, it the most seasons. recent one. The most, the most recent yeah, one. the most yeah. recent one. I heard it's good. Yo, here's the thing. I CW my expectations were 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 no no. CW does something wrong, and it's that their CGI. Ooh. I'm sorry, it, it sucks. Like it, it, it's just normally it really it really sucks. Their storyline, things like that, character development, fine. It's it's all handy dandy, but as a father, having the whole like Superman kids, how they raise him, the whole like dynamic and all that, it was pretty intriguing. Like it's something for me at least. I found it new. Like it's it's not something that it's not like the whole dynamic between Lois and Superman. It's like their family raising teenagers like it's actually pretty dope the one thing i will say is the cgi in in that series is i would say it's probably the best cgi for superman that i've seen <laughs> and that says a lot about jackson jack snyder man of steel and all that shit oh I'm wow i'm sorry oh, it's wow. just uh, no, no, no. I've it, seen some the of the clips. I've seen some of the clips, like how Doomsday look was like more realistic bro, than the movie one was. Bro, I was that's, like, wow. I've seen that, the clips of it. So from, I know it's from a CW good. product? That was like, damn, <laughs> damn. And, yeah, and, and network TV, a little low level network TV. It ain't even high level network TV. It's low level network TV. Yeah. Man. But it could be that good. It is. I've seen clips Ooh. of it. No, it's, it's, it's yeah, pretty good. And also the same fact, network that used to have girlfriends in Moesha. Um, I mean, supernatural too, and all that shit, and wouldn't yeah. give them shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, them um, shit. Um, but I, I will say, uh, I am starting to watch. I got Paramount Plus, and I started to watch. Uh, Finally, it took you long oh, enough. Freaking, oh, dude, it's, it's I'm, expensive. I'm, 
it's expensive shit. Like it's it's fifteen bucks for 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 Max. It's now fifteen bucks because I you can't better start paying them the years. Whole... I do the year. I do the year. I do, do the do year stuff. Oh, year. Shit, yeah, you gotta so, do the year. I just do the year. So I started to watch again because I'm kind of like a I'm not a Star Trek guy, but I kind of like to discover, like the Discovery series. <laughs> Oh, did you just fucking puke, bro? Just oh, really? You. Jesus. Oh, wow. Wait, oh. wait, wait. Do you not like the Star Trek series? I think that's a confirmed no. Oh, wow. Okay. You're a Trekkie? I didn't know no. we got... I didn't know one of our burbly gold mines was a Trekkie. Well, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Wow. He said he's trying, up, I think he said he's trying up, to get I'm into it. I'm trying to get into it. I have... I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch the whole Star Trek thing, but I'm just saying, like, the, I've, I've been told that the storyline for Discovery, you can watch it like standalone and it's yeah. Good. And I kind of want to watch the Strange Worlds and they told me yeah. to watch Discovery first then Strange Worlds, so okay. that's what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. I haven't watched I haven't watched uh, <laughs> I haven't watched Star Wars I mean Star Trek since uh, LeVar Burton had the thing across his eye. That, that, that was the last wow. I watched. So I didn't, and that's when I was a kid. So I ain't watched them since then. But I would love to. I know people that are Trekkies and they real serious about them. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah ne- there you go. Next generation. Yeah. I, do, I just I haven't gotten into it because I'm in uh, so many other sci-fi stuff. It's like what level of nerdum do I want to get to? I don't think I want to get to Trekkie nerdum. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, Trekkie. I just I need something to binge. Not, I just need something I, to binge. That's all I'm saying. You. I feel you. KB, last but never least, what are you watching, brother? Um, so just like uh, Tony said, she was getting back into like some old TV shows. I started watching, and this is a, just a morning routine I do. Um, I'm starting to watch Family Matters all over again. So that was. Uh, um, I really am starting to get into that, and it's kind of. I did funny that about. I did that about four months ago. I did about yes. four months ago. Ran through family bladders. It was just weird to me because I'm already on like episode, I think like four, and Steve Urkel still hasn't made an appearance yet. So I'm like, um, when does he make an appearance? It but wasn't until the end of season one. Yeah, bro, like in the first so, season one. Bro, I'm so pissed off because I'm like, bro, the way they make it sound like he's in like episode one all the way through, I'm like, he ain't even in this yet. So I'm like, where is he at? Um, he made like an appearance in like episode three, I think, and then he just let then he didn't make an appearance again. But it was like a it was like a short like five minute appearance. That was it. Yeah, because Family Matters, Family mm-hmm. Matters, and people don't know Family Matters is a spinoff of what? Of, um, Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers. There you go. She Perfect Strangers. Hit, yep. Perfect Strangers yep. with um um I forgot their names, but they they were two guys and they were roommates at one mm-hmm. point. And then um yep. Harriet was working for the uh the one of the cousins the store the store yeah. and she worked the elevator. And then uh-huh. if you you're gonna see, I mean, I mean, you probably already seen it, but when you get to a place, you're gonna see where that connection comes in. It, it starts yeah. at the beginning, but that connection comes in right at the middle when she like she's gonna lose her job. Pretty no, much. I, I'm already there. I, mean, I was already spoiled. there. Okay, and she got it so back. That's, so yeah. yeah, then she got it back doing something else. But that's she that that show is a spinoff of yep. Perfect Strangers. Oh wow! So no, yeah, I'm was watching Family Matters. That's one um, one of the other TV show series. Um, that I'm starting to get back into. It's going to be Teen Titans. Uh, I know Tony does not like the CGI. 
like I said, anything on CW that I've watched, mm. I've loved because it's just been it's you mean been dope. Teen to Titans, me. the 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 live action one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's it, it's good. It's not bad. It's good. No, I like that one. But then again, I seen there's another uh, spinoff which is called Gotham Knights. So that's another one that they made in that. I've not watched that one yet. Yeah. I played the video game. It's better when you play with two players. But all in all. I'm watching Family Matters, watching Teen Titans, um, getting back into watching Man vs. Wild with Bear Grylls. It's a lot of cool stuff in there, uh, especially like um, I don't know a lot about like different places in the world, but I do know whenever I get lost in the wild, I know my basics what to do. But um, and then also another movie that I was trying. To, well, I'm not trying to. I'm going to watch. It's gonna be Guardians of the Galaxy three. Um, I'm not gonna have any big expectations on it because. After one, one was really good. Two was like, oh, cool. And then three is probably going to be like, you know, and for me, but I just got to watch it because I'm a Disney guy. It wraps it all up. Person. It wraps it oh, up okay. together real nicely. The, you're sure. going to like it. You're gonna okay. Like it. Yeah, like three 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 up real nicely. Yeah. Three so I'm, doing, yeah, I'm, they I'm doing that. Doing that. And then I'm watching um, also, was it the Secret Invasion? It is a slow burn because I fell asleep on episode three. Uh, so be careful. The new Don. Uh, I, I just don't, you know, uh, there's, that's that. And then the last TV show that I've I ha- I promised I need to fucking get on and finish, it's going to be SWAT. I literally stopped watching it for some odd reason. But I need to get back into it because Shay Moore, he's a he's the dope Hondo. I'm gonna just say that. He's a dope Hondo. That's dope. That's dope. I um let's see. I on Paramount Plus, so Walmart Plus has this thing now that you get free Paramount Plus, but it's the mm-hmm. one, it's the version with all the uh commercials. So yeah, oh, no. uh so <laughs> every four minutes I've been getting I've been dealing with commercials, but I'm like, hey, that's one less. Automatic yeah. payment deducted from my uh checking account, yeah. so fuck it. Mm-hmm. I've been watching uh, a lot of the uh old real world challenges. There you go, really funny. Uh, it, like it's that's just been like my background TV as I do other things. Um, I've been um, I just finished watching on my uh, it was on my Netflix watch list, um, the American Gladiators uh, document, Ooh. uh, docuseries. Uh, that shit was hilarious, just. They were just pumping themselves. They were just having sex and doing steroids, and uh, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, they were they were just getting they were just getting pumped all types of ways. Um, oh god! Oh my god! Uh, what else? Um, but you know, I'm a diehard power fanatic, so I think I'm gonna do another run through of the series in chronological order. Uh, be, Question. Um, I just What's have a up? question for you, Zen. Anybody who does watch Power, I'm on like season four. Um, so I know, I know. I'm very slow in watching it. My girlfriend keeps putting me to shame because she's like, you need to just wrap her up and wrap that up. So, yeah, because you got two more seasons of the original show. Then you exactly. got three seasons of uh, of uh, okay. Ghost. And then you mm-hmm. got another season of uh, Force. Uh, that was going to be my question before we got to Kanan. So, okay. I got you. Cool. Yeah, Kanan is. So I was wondering how it goes. Okay. Yeah, Kanan is a prequel. Yeah, you can so wait on Kanan. you can wait to the. You know what? You know what? I appreciate this. Is what I appreciate. So I lived in um, when I lived in New York, I lived in um, Jamaica Queens. I love being able to see where they film shit. Like I'm like, oh shit, that's authentic. 
Like, um, but uh, even with the soundtrack, uh, it's cool. It's not as great as the rest of the shows, but it's it's still dope. Uh, but I'm gonna rewatch everything in chronological order. Um, probably late in the week or so, I'll start that. I uh, I lived in Baltimore when season three of The Wire was going on. Oh my god! You know, it's one of the scariest of moments of my life. I was on a show. I mean, no, I was on a tour with the unnamed rapper. I'm not I mean he's popular. He had hit songs, but we had a show in Baltimore, and I remember I had fell asleep. Like we had, it was one of those things where. The night before, we were all home in New York, so we got to spend a night in our own beds. And then the next night, we went to uh, the show in Baltimore. I remember falling asleep, right, going down to 95 and end up waking up, uh, um, like, when we were, like, 10, 15 minutes away from the venue. And waking up and getting scared because I was like, where the fuck are we? They're like, we're five, 10 minutes from, from the venue. And I said, yo, this shit looks like – I said – they really filmed the wire on location because <laughs> driving through those neighborhoods where everything is just boarded up and you have that that, that that those steps, those steps to the door, and it's like everything <laughs> it's like, yo, they really fucking filmed the wire in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the scariest moments of my life. So uh yep. yeah. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, you can't follow. You can't just drive anywhere. You pop up somewhere. No. You'd be like, "Wait, where? Mm-hmm. Where we at?" <laughs> no, 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 no. All those no, all those fucking one way streets. I'm good. Uh, no, I don't. Last thing I, I needed to see. Yeah, go ahead. So, so we're about to end this. I do want to say because I got some news that popped up on my screen. You're probably gonna see it because you're a hip hop fan, also. Yeah. So, uh, hip hop just. Uh, went by. I, I I don't know what happened here. Um, I don't want to end on a sad note, but we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna be playing his music when I get off of here. Uh, from Timberland and Magoo. Magoo has passed away, unfortunately. Uh, God bless. Uh. But Magoo has passed away. Um, I'm seeing it on the. T- y'all gonna probably see it on the timeline. A lot of the uh, Timberland and Magoo stuff. Burr, I'm already. Burr, I'm like, why is burr, everybody burr. playing? Yeah, why is everybody playing it? And I looked and I seen that he passed away. So. Uh, Bless his family, hey, you, bless him, and um, uh, you know what? I want to sign hip hop, love it. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna sign off with this. Um, 50th anniversary of hip hop. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's been such. You know, my pops worked in the business. My pops was a pops of a tour mat was a tour manager, so professionally, I benefited from hip hop, and you know. Yo, God bless to everyone that ever that made positive contributions to this culture. If it's in graphic art, if it's in music, if you are a producer, an MC, a b boy, um, break dancer, um, anyone that made a positive contribution to this uh, culture as it continues to evolve and grow. And also, here's another thing uh, to the younger folks. You know, a lot of folks like to do it with the NBA where we disregard the older players. Don't disregard these older rappers because I'm telling you right now, uh, there are certain rappers right now that will that's from 20, 30 years ago that will murder your favorite rapper on stage. Like, I'm sorry, Uh, anyone, anyone from Gen Z, I'm just letting you know right now. 
Busta Rhymes will outperform your favorite rapper any day of the week. Any of your little people, L I L, your little Uzi Verts, your little yeah. uh, Dirks, like all yeah. of them. So, all so of it, them. So, and if, so, if your favorite rapper starts with Lil, or has colorful dreads, or has a tattoo on his face, or um, a jewel on his a forehead, has a jewel on his forehead, has a Snapchat. Busta Rhymes will outperform you 10 days out of the week. It's a fact. Test me. Test me. I I, admire, I encourage you. <laughs> but look, everyone, uh, this has been a long one. We will be back at some point in September with another, with a second part of Athletes and Activism. Thank you so much for joining us. New Don, my friend, we appreciate you. Tony. We'll see you sooner than later. Thank you, darling, as always, for joining us and holding us down and, uh, you know, shooting down the patriarchy. Um, <laughs> and when it comes out in October, please listen to the Dawn Lounge. It's going to be some uh, compelling shit, entertaining shit. And, uh, cheers, yeah, New Dawn. Cheers to New Dawn. Cheers to New Dawn. We will be back next week with episode seven meeting of the gold mines you can follow us on twitter threads ig youtube um at purple gold mines uh we are also in the middle of our month of mamba tribute um we're having watch parties every night watching these classic kobe kobe games uh, his birthday's in a couple of weeks we got some really great stuff planned uh, please join us for our watch party on playback, playback.tv backslash PGM fan cave. I am born rebel. We are, we are the purple and gold mines. We are signing out. Peace. <laughs>